You want 33? You got 33. Let's get this party started. What do you say, huh? All right, yo. Here we go, live back in action. 33 to the style and fashion. Sports talk with a lot of passion. Looking for another chain reaction. Knowledge with Nikki could be tricky. Get it wrong, and that's a pity. Now play players always witty. Division rankings in every city. Truth is, you should stop and listen. Pay attention to all you're missing. Keep us playing inside your kitchen. Pass and dunking and even pitching. Yeah, let the show begin. Go ahead and bring the family in. Kick back the last go grab your snacks and enjoy another 33 win. Yeah. That's only one. We got verse two coming through. Y'all ready for it? Okay, let's go. Start the show. Real good kid knocking at your door. Make you laugh till you hit the floor. NFL action with a whole lot more. 33, we put in work. Only way to go to worst to first. Get the doctor, get the nurse. Can't contain this, we about to first. Damn, this hurts. I won't lie. Doesn't matter how hard I try. We in it to win, it ain't nothing less or else. I won't be satisfied, so why try more on us? You know this show is a must. Say your prayers is 33, and that's all you need to trust. What? I told you. 33 podcast, baby. We in it. And now you're in it. Oh yeah, live back in action where big things happen on 3rd and 3. Welcome one and all to the hottest sports podcast on both sides of the Mississippi River as we deliver the goods to your neighborhoods. The 3rd and 3 podcast is brought to you by Anchor Radio and StreamYard and presented by the Sports Column. My name is Jason Fearman and you can find our show on Twitter at 3rd and 3 Podcast. And we now have a brand spanking new Facebook page that has already taken off. Thanks to D. So much to go. So much to talk about. So make sure you check it out. Subscribe. Let's bring in the rest of the squad. Introducing ladies first, the trickster of trivia. Miss Nikki Gist, how are we doing today? I am good. Just got back from a work event. Uh, was one of the first ones back in person. So it was really good to see everyone. But uh, I'm happy to be here and ready to roll. Well, I'm happy you are here. It's time. It's the favorite time of the week, right? It is. It certainly this is. is. This is where we get it going. No doubt about it. All right. All right. And we got, of course, can never leave out the head coach of the team over here, the master of the mic drop, Captain Quantum Leap himself, the real deal, Damian Adams. What's up, Hotna? Doing good, man. You know, another Wednesday, another great day to talk sports with great people. So I'm ready to get it. All right. I say we do it. We got plenty to talk about. NBA playoffs, NFL action all over the place. So, you know, we're going to be live. We're going to be we're going to be real busy right now. So we got a lot to get to as we uh, lower the music down, maybe turn it off a little bit so we can hear each other. I hope everybody had a good weekend. Yeah. Yes, sir. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Here we go. So it was nice. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. That's what we need right there. All right. So, guys, whole lot to get to. Let's get to it right now. Um, first shout out. We're going to give a shout out from everybody, and we're giving it to Ryan Eaton at Eaton73, Ryan, E-A-T-O-N-73, R-Y-A-N. He's a special kind of guy, man. He's always retweeting us stuff and supporting our show, and we wanted to show love to him on today's show. So we're doing that. He's our shout out from all of us. So thank you very much, Ryan. We appreciate it. And uh, keep doing what you're doing. We'll keep following, man, no doubt. So we're not going to talk a whole lot about Aaron Rodgers, Nikki, but the latest is that he hasn't gone to camp. 
He's now it's mandatory camp, not these optional OTAs and everything. You got an opinion about that? Does that make it more likely that he's not going to stay with the team? I do not care about this at all anymore <laughs> whatsoever. I really, really, really don't. Um, I'm going to save my commentary because it may have something to do with my tomatoes. Oh, okay. All right. Look at that. And a little uh, sneaky, tricky Nikki, of course, as she's coming in with that whole action. All right. Uh, D, real quick, you know, Aaron Rodgers, does this sway you in any way in which way you think he's going to be going? Nah, this is what we expected. You know, he wasn't going to go to any of these things. And the word mandatory in NFL should just be taken away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's only mandatory for certain people. If your name is Aaron Rodgers, I guess that you could do what you want to do. There's no doubt. All right. The Julio Jones trade. We have not had a chance to talk about it. I want to talk about it. And now what we're going to do is we're going to kind of compare some other wide receiver duos since this is now a big one with Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. But I want to talk about the trade and the sense of it and if it makes sense to you guys and how you feel about it. I'll save my opinion. Damien, I would love to hear from you first on what you thought about the trade and what you think it does for the Tennessee Titans. So this trade is big for the Titans come playoff time, right? Because their issue last year wasn't offense. It was defense until the playoffs, right? Once they got to the playoffs and Baltimore was able to lock in on Derrick Henry, we saw that lack that lack of weaponry on the outside really cost them because they weren't able to exploit Baltimore Ravens just saying, we're going to put everybody in the box and stop Derrick Henry. Can you throw over the top of this defense? Now with Julio Jones, it's going to be very hard to play that same style of defense against this team come playoff time. Mm -hmm. Now the big question is, will that defense be good enough to make them a Super Bowl contender? I think this move secures their spot at the top of the AFC South. Because the only team they were competing with there is the Colts. You're definitely not worried about the Texans or the Jaguars this year. No. So you just worry about the Colts who, you know, still have to navigate having a new quarterback. So I think the Titans are definitely the best team in the AFC South. This move was to get them going forward in the playoffs, but it's about the defense more. Their biggest acquisition might not be Julio Jones. It might be Bud Dupree when we really sit back and look at it because no. their defense is what needed to improve offensively. Being more dynamic definitely will help, but they were fourth in scoring last year. So offense definitely wasn't the issue. It was come playoff time when that defense locks in and they just have more time to make sure they have the right game plan for you. You're playing against better teams. Now you're not one dimensional because you have two huge weapons on the outside and that monster running the ball in the backfield. So I think this move will prove to be worthy of all the accolades it's getting if they make it past the wild card round in the playoffs. Okay, right. Yeah, that's a big if also because you never know who they're going to play. Obviously, playoffs expanded now. All right, that's a really good take. I want to hear yours, Nikki, on Julio Jones and what he does for the Titans and what that does for them in the AFC overall. I do not like this trade. You don't? Okay, that's interesting Interesting already. Let's hear it. Why not? I, I really don't. Like I said, we, we did talk about this. We predicted this back in uh, – February. Uh, this is one of the teams I was not super hype on, and it actually confuses me. So first of all, you know, Atlanta, you just let Tennessee absolutely steal Julio Jones away from you. A complete yeah. steal. Okay, Good so point. then you let go of Corey Davis, who I thought was progressing like rather nicely, right? He was 
fifth round pick only a couple years ago. Not that I think he's some superstar wide receiver, but that's kind of my point. To me, this team is not built for a superstar wide receiver. It won't turn you into a superstar. It's not built for existing wide receivers. So no, was Corey Davis, Julio Jones? I am not saying that at all, but was Corey Davis a more controllable salary? Could you probably have gotten that deep threat that Julio Jones is going to bring to the team now with Corey Davis? Yeah, maybe, probably. I don't think the Titans are going to pass any more than they did last year because that's just not how they're built. That is not who they are. This team runs through Derrick Henry, whether everyone likes it or not. I'm calling it right now. You can call it my bone prediction of the year. Julio Jones is not going to have some 1,400-yard season. So all you fantasy football players out there, I I wouldn't touch him. Um, And as far as the AFC goes, look, I don't think that this addition puts them over Kansas City. I don't think it's putting them over Buffalo. And, hey, oh, by the way, let's watch out for Indy and Miami. To me, all this did was stop Julio Jones from going where he should have went, which is Baltimore. Hmm. Baltimore, I can think of a couple other teams, and that's a really strong argument, and I fall <clears throat> somewhere awkwardly in, in the middle. I understand exactly why they made the deal, and why would you not make that deal for, what, a second and a fourth rounder, and they actually get back a sixth rounder, which who knows what could they turn into, but here's what I look at right now. Not who's going to wear number 11, which I am curious about if Julio Jones wants to change his number to like 111 or something. But I'm thinking about Ryan Tannehill right now, guys. And if they got Julio Jones, Ryan Tannehill is going to really have to prove himself and prove himself of the contract that they gave him maybe a little bit prematurely. So this is going to fall a lot on him having two real superstars on either side. Now, Julio Jones, 32, definitely not in his prime anymore. So... I mean, he's still as he's still a number one on maybe half the teams in the NFL. On this one, he's one and one a whatever you want to call it. But Ryan Tannehill is going to have to perform if, in fact, what they're going to do is throw the ball more. And Derrick Henry's not going to have all these carries, which I talked about. And we actually talked about as a whole that he can't have 350 carries all the time. Otherwise, he's going to wear down. They gave him a contract for four years. So they need to lower his carries. So I understand them going ahead and getting Julio Jones. But I don't love it because, Damien, you also mentioned the defense. Yes, I know they got Caleb Farley, good cornerback that they got in the draft. And they picked up Bud Dupree, who's a very good, pet, uh, you know, uh, edge rusher. Um, they didn't get hit with J.J. Watt or anything. But I worry about their offensive line a little bit also. So I'm not in love with this trade where I think it makes them better than the Bills, the Chiefs, maybe not even Cleveland, maybe not even the Steelers, and maybe not even in their own division, the Colts, Damian. So I almost, I really more – I'm on Nikki's side with this whole thing because – they have been winning on the back of Derrick Henry, Damian, and now they're going to try to change the offense. And again, we have to see what Ryan Tannehill is going to do with it. Yeah, no, you definitely got to see what Ryan Tannehill is going to do with it. Uh, one thing that Tannehill is good at is throwing a deep ball. Uh, and yep. Julio Jones has been saying that he wants to go to somebody who's good at throwing a deep ball. I don't think Matt Ryan is bad at it, per se, but uh, Tannehill can definitely get that ball down the field. He has a bigger arm than he gets credit for when it comes to that. I think with him and A.J. Brown on the outside, it definitely helped with that. Or Tannehill, it is a lot on him to ask to see what's going to happen. But I definitely love your point on trying to take pressure off of Derrick Henry because you're trying to extend his career, make sure that he's not worn out by the time this contract is up. 
So I like that idea of it. You don't, it'll be amazing to see somebody rush for 2000 yards, two years in a row. Um, but I don't think you want that. If you're the Titans, you don't want to, you shouldn't need that. I should say you shouldn't need him for, for him to run for 2000 yards. And with this offense now, you don't need that. Um, so we'll see, but I see Nikki's point as well. There's other teams that I think he would have made a bigger impact on Baltimore, Buffalo, like I wanted him to go to. So there's yeah. definitely other squads that I think the immediate impact of Julio Jones would have been now this team's a Super Bowl contender right there with the Chiefs. With Tennessee, it's like, okay, now can they be in that conversation? Can they go from wild card team to right. division conference championship, maybe Super Bowl, but it's not almost automatic like it would have felt with Baltimore or Buffalo. Uh, I, I I agree. I agree. So it's like we all fall somewhere in. It's like a little, you know, melting pot with how Julio Jones is going to work in this offense and what it's going to do for Derrick Henry. And yeah, extending his career is something that they want to do because they want to have this guy for a long time. They obviously gave him a big contract well after he proved himself. And, you know, you definitely see that, but sometimes you don't. And they hold back and they're like, no, we're going to go draft uh, maybe a Travis at the end, like I said. And he can slowly become the new back. But no, they paid him. They gave him money. So, um, you know, he's going to stay there. They run their offense around them. But now you have to look at these guys as one of the best duos. Uh, and Julio Jones and A.J. Brown as far as wide receiver duos in the league. But I wanted to ask you about a few others. And let's compare them to Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. Nikki, you first. And I'm going with some of the, you know, some of the top ones over here. We're not going to mess around. This is a real deal because we're talking about Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, who has really come alive over here. And I'm still curious who's going to wear number 11. But besides the point, the Bucks, I think, would be one, Nikki, that when you got Godwin, Evans, and then you can even add Antonio Brown. Would you agree there? Yes. What about you, Ding? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Like you, when, with, with those dynamic trio you got to you got to go ahead and put them in there. It is a trio. Now this next one is a duo, and it's it's a little bit it's a little interesting. We're talking about a slot receiver and maybe one of the best receivers in the NFL, and that is Stephen uh, Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley. Are they better than AJ Brown and Julio Jones? Nikki, I hate Cole Beasley. <laughs> <laughs> He's not on the Cowboys there. anymore. I know, but you know, I've been traumatized. <laughs> Stefan Diggs is so good. Can I take a half, like half of that team? Half you can do whatever you want. That's I'll we have no that. rules here. All right, all right. she's taking him. It's you know, it's not as far fetched as you would think, D. But I don't know. What do you think about that one, Diggs and Beasley? Uh, Diggs and Beasley is definitely nice. Beasley had a very underrated year last year, but Brown and Jones, you talking to just number one guys on your roster right there. So I have to go with Tennessee in that one. I think I might lean your way also. Again, if we're talking Julio Jones like two years ago, you know, pre-injury, you know, all that, then yeah, I would kind of go your way. This one's a toughie. What about Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, Damian? That's a a really good one as well. Uh, DK Metcalf is really good. Very physical. Has all the tools but still hasn't reached to me that upper echelon of the Julio Joneses of the world. A.J. Brown, I think A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf can be comparable. Tyler Lockett is a level below them. So I'll have to go with Julio Jones and A.J. Brown on that one. All right. All right. That's a close one for me, Nikki. What do you think? 
Yeah, that's really close. Uh, this is tough. Um, I ain't going to make it easy on you. I know. Come on. I had a long day. No, but you know, <laughs> it makes a good point. I mean, Julio Jones is, you know, in the upper echelon. So I guess I would lean Tennessee on this one. I kind of would too. It's tough also because DK Metcalf is really stepping up and Lockett has special yeah. skills, man. He's, Oh, that's a tough one. This next one really isn't as tough for me, um, but I did want to bring it up at least because now Matthew Stafford is throwing them the ball, and that's uh, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, Damien. Yeah, that's a that's a good duo. Uh, I think the system makes them great, but just talent-wise, I don't think they're touching A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So, so far, a lot of A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. Nikki, do you concur? I concur. Look at this. All right. So we're looking at maybe one of the best wide receiver tandems in the entire league. Maybe a top three so far because we only found one that's, con- you know, conversely better than them so far. And that would be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But then we get to now this one we can twist and turn a little bit. Tyree Kill with Travis Kelsey. Is that fair? Because he's a tight end. And it's almost like you put Tyree Kill with whoever, Sammy Watkins, you know, you know. <laughs> I mean, anybody, and you have a problem right there. So that one is a tough one for me also, guys. Nick, what do you think about that one? Uh, no, I I will give my edge to Kansas City there. I, Damien, I have to also because I take Travis Kelsey into account. I know he's a tight end, but so was, you know, Marcus Colston, the citizen tight end. That, you know, you remember that very well. My Hofstra, my Hofstra boy over there who played for the Saints. So, if I, I have to look at it that way and save the Kansas City Chiefs uh, over the Titans with that. Yeah, you're talking dynamic pass catchers. I'll take that duo over Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. And it doesn't hurt that they got Patrick Mahomes thrown on the ball. Yeah. 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 Oh, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about Matthew Stafford with Cup and Woods. Yeah, Lucas throwing the ball in Kansas City. Exactly. Here's another one where you have in Arizona, you got DeAndre Hopkins, and then you have, I don't know, is it? You know, Kirk, is it A.J. Green, is it Larry Fitzgerald? But D-Hop alone is another one of those guys where you take not almost anybody on the other side, like a Christian Kirk, who is very good. But that's one that I would have to think about, Damian. Yeah, but I don't think he has that partner right now. Um, you look at the Arizona Cardinals, Larry Fitzgerald, has he even announced he's coming back yet? Then you have... Got to wait on that. Yeah, so yeah, got Kirk. He's nice. But he's definitely not in the conversation with A.J. Brown, Julio Jones. Uh, so D-Hop, as amazing as he is, doesn't have that partner to compete in this one, I don't believe. All right, Nikki, you agree with me? Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I was going to say the same thing. He doesn't have that other one. So it's kind of like I don't think he should be in the in this group, this conversation. Yeah, unless A.J. Green maybe returns back to form from five years ago or something like that. Yeah. That would be a conversation. I got a really good one for you over here, guys. I have, a, I have a, uh, three more. How about, Nikki, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson? Oh, that is really good. That's a pretty sweet combo they got over there. It really is. I'm going to tell you right now, I think I would take them over Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. I I think they're more dynamic and can run – a little bit more, a little bit more on the route tree, and have a little bit more say in the offense, Nikki. Yeah, I would have to agree with you. I'm, I'm leaning that way. I, I would give the edge there, yeah, for sure. The, I, I don't know. Do you agree? Man, that's a tough one because mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson definitely came in right away and showed Ooh. that he's one of those top guys. Yeah, uh, man. 
yeah, breaking Randy Moss's rookie record. You definitely don't do that, you know, by accident. No. <laughs> he so he definitely showed that. I don't know if Dylan maybe took a step back. I don't know if he took a step back because of Justin Jefferson, yeah. or he took a step back because he's getting a little older. Um, that's a tough one. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go AJ Brown, Julio Jones. Okay. Because of the experience and also how dynamic Julio Jones is. Julio Jones gives you all the routes that Justin Jefferson can give you as well. Yeah. Yeah. Also being bigger and faster. Okay. Okay. That's fair. That's and it's a good argument. That's a really tough one. Here's another one where I don't see the cohesiveness yet. We're waiting on it, but OBJ and Jarvis Landry, Nikki, that's another combination. If you just take them by themselves, also they are each hundred yard, a hundred yard, hundred catch guys, you know, like fourteen hundred yards they could have. Landry's more of a um, you know, more of a possession type of receiver, but he comes up with tremendous plays. They are definitely a duo that I like. Yes, but I I have such reservations about Odell Beckham Jr. Uh-huh. First of all, uh, he, they got to get him going. Like he just kind of was like a non-factor, but that's kind of how he was. You'd have these games where he would disappear and all of a sudden you have this amazing game, but also can he stay healthy? So just, I don't know. I have too many... Too, maybe too many biases against OBJ, but uh, I will lean Tennessee on this one. All right. Well, Chris dropped in over here on Ball's podcast. I love how that just worked out off my tongue. And he was saying that, yeah, if mm-hmm. Odell can stay healthy, you might see him and uh, Juice give him a run for the best duo right there. What do you think, Damien? Yeah, if Odell can stay healthy, they're definitely in the conversation. Sure. And I like how they do different things. So, yeah, healthy Odell. I, the thing is, that made me hesitate, is that when he was healthy, they didn't play as well as they did when he wasn't healthy. That's yes. true. That's, That's true. MO. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, based on that, I got to go with Julio and, and A.J. Brown. That's so tight for me. And, you know, if we're talking about the way that the Cleveland Browns offense works, obviously, you know, they're more of a run uh, game as well. Um, The same thing with the Tennessee Titans. But then, you know, you turn around from that play action over there and then, boom, you hit these guys. It That's another really close one for me. It really, really is. But, uh, all right, we'll see. I think I got uh, – yeah, one more for you guys. And this is kind of like a triplet you can look at. One of them is about to prove himself. One already has – and another one is up in the air, and that's the Dallas Cowboys, who Dak Prescott is throwing to Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, and Michael Gallup. Because of Dak Prescott, he makes those guys even better, Damian. Do you think that they stack up against the Titans wide receiver duo? Nah. Um, for me, they they are talented, definitely. But with their top guy being Cooper, he just leaves a bad taste in my mouth because he got the same contract as Michael Thomas as like a top guy in the league and he's barely top 10 in my opinion. Oh, wow. Okay. And with him, but with the, those three, it definitely is dynamic. That's why their offense has been so good. It was even good last year, you know, before Dak got hurt, but I don't see them competing with AJ Brown and Julio Jones. Yeah, Nikki, I'm not even sure I really even have to ask you this question, but uh, <laughs> love to hear yeah. your answer anyway. That might be a rant of the day over here. <sighs> yeah, no, I'm going to go Tennessee on this one. Yeah, uh, I hear you. I do. I do. I hear you. And I, and I agree. I agree. I'm on the same page with you guys. All right. Mm-hmm. So let's see what else we got in neighborhood news. Yeah, D, D we got to run through the playoffs over here real quick. Um, 
Don't want to leave that out of neighborhood news. And then we're going to get to our tomatoes, applause. Guys, we have so much action for you today. Nikki's movies that she's never seen. This is going to be a whole lot of fun. Uh, but playoffs, D, talk about the Phoenix Suns, who are my favorite right now. I'm loving what they're doing. Remember I said I thought they were going to beat the Lakers. They did. Um, they're up 1-0 on the Denver Nuggets right now, um, who have the MVP of the league. What do you think about this? Yeah, I picked Phoenix to win this series in six. I think that their guard play is too much for Denver. The guard play for Portland should have been too much, but Portland's front court, the guard, the forwards and centers, excuse me, just weren't able to do anything with the size of Denver. Mm. Phoenix is big enough to deal with the size of Denver and has that advantage with the guards. When you got Chris Paul and Devin Booker going against Austin Rivers and Compazzo, you got a you got a big mismatch there. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that that mismatch with the guard play for the Phoenix Suns will be a difference in this series. Nikola Jokic is going to keep it close to MVP for a reason. Right, uh, he's so good. But even Aiton in Game One was able to match wits and match up with Jokic. So if that continues and Aiton plays this well, it's going to be very tough in Denver. So I got Phoenix winning this one in six. You see, that's what I'm really liking about about uh, Phoenix right now. I feel like everybody is stepping up, even like Mo Bridges or something like like uh, Bridges is stepping up and uh, Devin yeah. Booker is phenomenal. But Chris Paul, I mean, this guy could be like coach of the year if you wanted to. Monty Williams, yeah. obviously, you know, game is second. But Chris, he's, CP3 is amazing to me. What he does is just absolute magic. Wherever he goes, he turns them into a viable team, a team that can contend. He hasn't got that chip yet. But with the way that De- you brought up DeAndre Ayton, He's playing like he belongs, man. And that was a big question mark going into this playoffs over here. Is DeAndre Aiden going to step up? And you know what? He did against guys like Anthony Davis. I know that he wasn't all healthy and everything. I understand that. But then, you know, doing things against Nikola Jokic, hey, I mean, let's go over here. All right. So I'm excited. Yeah, so far that's just a 1-0 series right now on the Nuggets. But the Jazz took the first game from the Clippers. I think maybe the Clippers were a little bit worn out, but that last play, Damian, was incredible defense by the Jazz. Yeah, it was. I was a little disappointed in the Clippers because you can't take your timeouts home with you. So why not use your timeouts? Uh Uh-huh. Use that last timeout. Use that 15 seconds, Damian? When they got the ball, yeah, it might have been like between 10 and 15 seconds when they when they got the rebound. Go right. so, court. Take time out. Yeah. Take a timeout, get a good look. I can I get the initial idea because you want to catch the defense off guard. So you, you storm down, try to see if you can catch somebody in a mismatch or somebody in the wrong spot, in the wrong spot at the wrong time. But once they ran that first action, they still had maybe six, seven seconds left, and no one was open. You saw Paul George have to give it up. Kawhi have to give it up. Call a timeout. At least run something to where you can maybe get a decent look at the top of the key. So I think that the Clippers didn't do that possession well, but you have to give Utah credit. Uh, Another thing about that game, Utah came out shooting horribly. Just horribly from this to start the game. And the fact that they were able to stay in it when shooting, I believe they started the first quarter shooting – I think they were five for 20 from three. Yeah, so like right. It was something very, very just not good. And for them to only be down seven points at the end of the first quarter, only making five field goals, those five threes are the only field goals they made. So they had five field goals and I believe three free throws, you know, five, five three-point field goals, excuse me, and three free throws for <laughs> their first quarter. And we're able to stay in the game. 
in the second half, the Clippers shooting went down a little bit. And that's when you saw it turn. And Donovan Mitchell, monster. He's an absolute monster. You don't want to wear down Kawhi by asking Kawhi to stick him all game. But you may have to do that because what they did against Dallas was they waited to the fourth quarter to put Kawhi on Luka, which right. turned out to be the right move. As Luka wore down, you put him with the best defender. Now it makes it harder for him to get buckets. With okay. Donovan Mitchell, the way they run their offense with the double screens, they do a good job of getting Kawhi off of him, and he was able to just blow by and <laughs> blow by anybody else. And mm-hmm. it's going to be a good series. I still got the Clippers in six in that one. I think the Clippers are just deeper and more talented, and they'll still be able to take advantage of Rudy Gobert when they go small. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, so I still got the Clippers in six, but it's going to be a really good series. That's that's the point of the series right now is that when they go small, they play small ball. That's that that's what I'm talking about right there. That's what they did. And they had to, you know, face up against Dallas and switch it around a little bit. And it ended up working out to their benefit. And again, maybe they just, you know, came off a long seven game series where the home team lost every game until the last one. So yeah, we'll see what happens in that one. Uh, JJ just want to say, uh, saying what's up. It's, Oh no, it's Peter saying hi from the UK. What's up, Peter. All right, man. Awesome. Great to have you in here. All right. We've got a couple more games to get to real quick. Brooklyn, Damien, they're just doing what they did all year. One of the big three goes out, whether it's Irving, Kevin Durant, now it's James Harden. They still won the game by 732 points. They're killing the Bucks right now. It looks like they don't even belong. And Giannis, he looks like the deer in the headlights at this moment. Yeah, yeah. I said that I was going to call the police on the Milwaukee Bucks for <laughs> fraudulent, be- fraudulent behavior. They told us to fear the deer, and there was nothing to fear. <laughs> the Brooklyn Nets have had no issues with them at all. Um, Milwaukee seems lost on offense. They're not moving the ball. And Brooklyn's defense, which has not been good all year, has been a difference in this series so far. They've been able to really boggle down the Bucks' offense by not allowing Giannis to drive. Or when Giannis does drive, those passing lanes aren't there. Usually when he drives, the defense collapses and he's able to hit Forbes for a three-pointer or Connington or DiVincenzo when he was healthy for a three-pointer or even Drew Holiday, Middleton. And speaking of Middleton, where is he? Uh, shout out to Chris from Dropball's podcast who <laughs> had this funny meme he made with the uh, milk carton with Chris Middleton's yeah. tip on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, missing, which was fitting. Like, it was fitting because game one, he was absolutely horrible. He went six for 23 from the field. And game two is a little better but still didn't have any type of impact. Um, So they need him to have an impact. He needs to be their finisher. As great as Giannis is, Middleton's the one who needs to create for them down the stretch, along with Drew Holiday. Along with Holiday. Yeah, so if Middleton isn't there, this series can be over quick. I picked Milwaukee in seven. I might be – this might be the most wrong I ever be about a series because they could get swept. It's really possible. I mean, yeah, they won their two home games, so they, they took the home court advantage with him. Let's see if Milwaukee can step up and do something. That was the number three seed over there. That's It's going to be a tough one. And uh, to close it out with the Eastern over Conference over here, the Sixers did tie it up with Atlanta, but this has been a Trey Young coming out party. You know, he's become a superstar before our very eyes, and just it, really he's been playing amazing. But the team who should be winning did win the game uh, last night or whatever it was. I'm getting a little – yeah, it was the game, the game was last night. And, uh, you know, Joel Embiid, when he's on his game, he's on – you just can't defend him. Ben Simmons can't shoot for his life, but he can obviously get into the paint and do his damage. So I think that they're going to take control from here on out. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Um, I said that – I did apologize to Atlanta. I've been in doubt in Atlanta all year. After they won game one, I was like, you know what, my bad. 
<laughs> you, guys, you guys are really, really talented. Trey Young is truly a superstar. He is. And proving that that he is. Um, but this is a mismatch against Philly. When Philly is on and that defense is rocking and Joel Embiid is going in, they can't stop Embiid at all. Embiid's playing on one knee and they still can't stop him. Can't stop him. When you have Ben Simmons on Trey Young for stretches of the game, he's so long that he can play off of him. That's and right. still close out. There was one play where Trey Young tried to pull it from 30, and Ben Simmons was maybe five, six feet away, was able to close out and block the shot because he's six foot ten. <laughs> so when you have somebody like that who's quick enough to stay in front of Trey Young and long enough to body his shot and not gonna allow you just to go in and get your floaters and all those things that you like to do, it's gonna be really, really tough. Now, Atlanta is a mentally tough team. Nate McMillan has definitely done that for them because he instills that defensive toughness and that offensive toughness of we're not going to give up. We're going to make adjustments, which they did in that game. It looked like they were going to get blown out in game two. They were able to make adjustments and get back into it until the fourth quarter when Shake Milton went crazy. But it's something that they'll make it tough, but Philly's just a better team. So I got Philly in six in this one. Yeah, me too. Me too. I picked him in six game as well. Yep. Same thing. So yeah, that that's the NBA playoffs. We have to include it. Yeah. We're an NFL show, no doubt. And more than just an NFL show, but this is NBA playoff time and we're talking about it. And uh, I'm going to get to some more uh, NBA action in what we got is applause and tomatoes. Here we go, guys. So, Hey, this is one of our favorite segments. And if you're new to this over here, we have our tomatoes, and when we have tomatoes, we hear this sort of action. Crowd booing. Oh, crowd's not booing. All right, the crowd isn't booing at the moment. Let's see what they do. Okay, now they're booing. All right. But we also hear, we also hear, because we want to make it fair, our round of applause. That comes out too. If it does. And there it is. Thank you, technology, for finally working, all right? Thanks a lot with the timing over there. Real freaking solid. Jesus <laughs> Christmas. All right. Moving on. Here we go. So applause, tomatoes. Nikki, you always started off. Bring it. Ah, I love to throw my tomatoes. Oh, she And does. this week, I really do. And <laughs> this week, <laughs> I am throwing them at mainstream, I don't know, NFL sports media Please, could you get off the Aaron Rodgers 24-7 saga? <laughs> like, I, I just cannot. How Do you know there's 31 other teams in the league? Is anybody on any of these mainstream sports channels aware of that? There are people who live in New Jersey who really don't care about Green Bay. And if Aaron Rodgers is throwing a tantrum and he's holding out, we know he was going to hold out. We know this. <laughs> so, like, why are we giving this airtime and constant airtime? Like, okay, here's... Here's what really bothers me. Jim Fossil dies yesterday, right? Gets overshadowed by the fact that Aaron Rodgers is holding out and didn't show up. Oh, I'm sorry. To me, that is like a screwed up news cycle. So I just don't understand the priority here. So give due to Jim Fossil. But no, oh gosh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's holding out. Okay, we know that. I don't care. You know what this is like? This is like giving a two-year-old attention when they're throwing the tantrum no you let them throw their tantrum they tire themselves out when they realize they're getting no attention they move on to things and that's what the media needs to do move (laughs) on and if you got nothing to talk about why don't you replay some old super bowls or like some great rivalry games like i don't need to hear you talk about aaron Rodgers 24 7 
Yeah, or listen to the third and three podcast and yes. get creative. You know, you can actually do that. You can get creative with your stuff and you can have like little games and do this and do that and everything, all that sort of stuff. Goodness gracious, God. All right. I like that. I like that right there. Let's continue with the tomatoes, D. What do you got going on? So I'm throwing my tomatoes at the Indiana Pacers. Now, the news came out today that they fired their head coach after one year. And I'm not throwing the tomatoes because they fired this coach. I'm throwing my tomatoes because they fired the last coach. The reason they had to fire this coach is because they let go of the last coach. So Nate McMillan, who I just mentioned, is doing an awesome job for the Atlanta Hawks. Yep. And definitely, he if he's not hired on as the permanent head coach after this year, somebody should go and just bomb the Atlanta building. He definitely, <laughs> <laughs> he definitely should be hired as on as coach, right? He will. So for the Indiana Pacers, he was there for four years. They made the playoffs all four years, but they did lose in the first round each year. The reason they lost in the first round each year is because they didn't have the talent to go beyond that. Right. So they were like, oh, let's move on to this some new age coach who's going to bring in a new system and going to make sure that we get past the first round. What they did this year? Losing the play-in. Not even make it to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And they go under 500, right? Mm-hmm. And all the things come out about how the players weren't respecting the coach. He wasn't able to really get in tune with the players. And you had a good coach there who was making progress but didn't have the roster to get past the first round. Give him a good roster, he has Atlanta in the second round of the playoffs. So obviously it wasn't on him. So I'm throwing my tomatoes at the Indiana Pacers front office for being dumb. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah like that, for being dumb. Let's just put it out right there, just for being dumb, straight up. <laughs> Excellent. All right. All right, let me do my tomatoes over here. Um, it, Look. Remember how I was talking about all these uh, no hitters was going on in Major League Baseball? I think there was there's six or seven now. Yeah. Well, I think we're starting to find out why, guys. The pitchers in the Major League Baseball right now are getting some substance, I think, out of North Carolina, if I'm not mistaken, I believe. And again, like I said, we've had like six or seven no hitters this season, which is unbelievable. Batting averages are down. Home runs are down. On-base percentage is down all these important categories and pitchers have always used something. All right. Whether it was pine tar, whether it was like seriously Vaseline, any type of thing that would give them more drop on their curveball, or let their slider go into a completely different direction or get some sort of abnormal spin on the ball. And that's what we're hearing players say now that Fernando Tatis Jr. was on the Dan Patrick show. I was listening to my car on, on the, on a ride real quick today. And um, he was talking about that he's never seen pitches that have been thrown like this before with the spin on the ball. So it is not even like it's a, a conspiracy right now. It is happening, and Major League Baseball is getting all over this, and that's why we've been seeing this amazing pitching and the hitters. Not It's just, not just because they're trying to hit home runs and impress the ladies and everything. It's because they're getting pitched on like crazy, and – it's it's a weird thing. And like I said, it's baseball. It's like one of these unwritten rules. Yeah, you can have a little bit of something, but we better not catch you with it. But whatever this new substance is that came out, every pitcher is using, or well, I shouldn't say every pitcher, a lot of pitchers are using, obviously. And here's why I hate it all. Let me wrap it up with this. I hate cheaters. The Astros, when they were cheating in baseball, just leave it at that. Cheating in baseball as far as pitching and putting stuff on the ball. Cheating as maybe a batter and looking back at the signs or the second baseman will tell you if it's going to be a fastball coming up based on the signs the catchers give. I don't want cheating 
I don't ever cheat. I want to play the best at their best. I want their best pitcher. I want their best lineup. I want their best everything. And I don't want any cheating. And you know what? I'm sorry. You people will say if you're not cheating, you're not trying. That's a bunch of BS. No. I want fair game. All right? I don't want somebody who has a sword and somebody who's got a stick. This has got to be the right way. It's, it should be done on an, on an even on an even scale. So I, I am not about cheating. And again, me personally in competition, and I'm very competitive when it comes to sports. I'm, look, I'm a PE teacher. I'm, we talk sports. We've all played everything. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing this. I always wanted to be on the team that was worse because I wanted to go up against the best and test myself. And what these guys are doing is not just a freaking disgrace to the game. It is a disgrace to themselves. And when they look back on themselves, they're going to say, you know what? Maybe it really wasn't that great. I didn't, you know, I used this or I used that. So all my tomatoes guys are going to Major League Baseball right now, and especially the pitching. I hate cheating. I just do. So that's where I had to go with that. Normally, I wrap up my uh, applause with it, but, you know, because I went so long with my tomatoes over here. Uh, Nikki, let's go back to you with your uh, with your applause of the week. Okay. My applause is going to the state of Washington Jay, no, last week you weren't too, you know, keen on giving them a visit. Uh, but <laughs> have you guys seen their COVID incentive, right? Now I could get behind this. Uh, they are doing something called joints for jabs. So, <laughs> so adults 21 and over. Um, if anybody's in the state of Washington listening, uh, here goes a free ad for you guys. Um, you Chris. can claim a free marijuana joint, okay, uh, at any participating marijuana retailers in the state when you go to an active clinic. Uh, and that's when you get your first, your second shot. Um, and also, D, I believe Arizona is doing the same thing. So, Listen, this is what I this is the kind of incentive I can get behind because ours in New Jersey is you can take a uh, a tour of Governor Murphy's house. Like I live near <laughs> Governor Murphy, so it's a couple restaurants to get to in town, you have to drive past his house and like it, okay, whatever. It's it, it's in a state, there's a couple protesters out there. That is not making me get my I didn't get anything after my covid shot. They gave me my card and my sticker. I would have loved to have a joint. Yeah, I mean, damn, right, right, all the way. I mean, why am I in the wrong state all the time? I don't understand. (laughs) I'm surprised Florida's not doing that. Yeah, right. Florida, you guys do some crazy things down there. With everything else, I don't know why they wouldn't jump on board with this freaking thing over here. Holy (laughs) crud! Wow, another good job, right there, Nikki. I like it. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Okay. Moving on. Damien, what do you got for your applause? So for my applause this week, I'm going to give it to Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union. Uh, I saw them last night at the Utah Jazz game. I was like, why is Dwayne Wade, you know, cheering up and down for Utah? You know, he's all Miami, everything. And I forgot he's a minority owner now of the Utah Jazz. And he has this new game show that you – We've been seeing after the basketball games on TNT, the Cube, and Gabrielle Union's killing it. And as a couple, they're just really a power couple killing it. So I just want to give my round of applause to them for doing what they do, killing it. Dwayne Wade is really showing what you should do or a way you should do it after retirement. 
and approach things the way he's approached it. I know that he had a TV show that he sold as well, which I'm waiting to see if that gets picked up um, by a network about his life. So he's just doing it big, man. I just really like to see that from athletes and showing that they're more than athletes. So big shout yeah. out to Dwayne Wade and Gabriel Union. I like that too. Yeah, I'm a big fan of both of them. I think they're great. Uh, I remember Dwayne Wade was a, a you know a guest host on the show that Gabrielle Union was on America's Got Talent um, when, he, when he came there. And he was like, yep, they looked at him like, yeah, oh, yeah, this guy can run a game show, no doubt. He's so personable yeah. and everything. Yeah, they're a super-duper power couple. There's no doubt about it. I'm a big fan of both of them, very philanthropic and everything. So I'm all, I'm all about that. That's a great call right there, Dean. Great call. Um, I'm going to have my applause as a personal home bias one, and that's Tom Thibodeau winning head coach of the year for my New York Knicks. Yes, he did. He brought his style from his days, like back with the Bulls when they were like first, second round seeds. And, you know, I don't know they didn't go all the way, but obviously Derek Rose is a contributing factor on that defense first working in transition basketball based off our rebounding and suffocating defense. He brought all of that and made the New York Knicks a fourth seed in the Eastern Conference. I know it's the Eastern Conference, but you know what? You had a whole bunch of other pretty good teams in there, and Atlanta is another one of them who is tied up with the Sixers right now. They're number one, and they did take care of the Knicks in five games. But the point is is that New York Knicks were laughable for the longest time, just a, a total joke. Hadn't made the playoffs in years and years and years, eight years, I think, without Melo and uh, Amari Stoudemire. So Thibodeau comes over. Brand new culture, defense first, will walk off transition basketball, and it seemed to work out great. They can only go forward from here, collect more talent, whatever it is. But the Knicks are back on the rise again. So will they compete with the Nets in Brooklyn? I don't know. But, hey, Tom Thibodeau, congratulations. So had to give that one right there, Dean. I know it's a little home, home court bias over here, but I had to do it. No, I, I love that one, Tips. I think deserve coach of the year. Him, I wouldn't have been mad if him and Monty Williams would have shared it because Monty Williams obviously doing some great things with the Suns. But you talk about the Knicks and how they haven't had that much to cheer for the past 20 years, you know, outside of a couple of years of Melo. So with this team, their personality is New York, right? The grit, the not not being able to go to sleep. <laughs> when you, you hear about, you know, just the things that go on in New York, this team represents it. And now we have to see what they do in the offseason. How do they improve? How do they improve the roster to help along with the coaching? We'll see. But he definitely deserved Coach of the Year. So I like the applause. Yeah. I, 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 you know what? And I think maybe somebody else who deserved Coach of the Year, like I said earlier, is Chris Paul. I mean, what he, he's a coach on the floor like Peyton Manning was a coach on the field. I mean, uh, Ray Lewis coach on the field also. Really unbelievable. So players can do that, like LeBron James, another coach on the floor. But uh, we'll see if his days are behind him now going out in the first round against those Suns. All right. Hey, let's move it on. This is a very, very, very special Mount Player play. You guys know what we do with Mount Player oh, play. We have our top fours of all sorts of different things, but the best teams we've ever seen or, um, you know, the, uh, foods that we would never read. I mean, it could be anything crazy. This week, we're picking on Nikki because she keeps killing us with knowledge with Nikki, which is coming up right after this. So, you know, we're going to get ours. But this week is devoted to Nikki. Movies that she needs to watch because every time Damien and I bring up a movie, she says, oh, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. <laughs> and I'm, I'm when we're, we're like flipped out over the movies that she hasn't seen, Damien, right? Yeah. I mean, it's been like like for the past year, literally blowing <laughs> us away. Yeah, no, it's it's amazing sometimes when I say a reference 
And now she'd be like, oh, never seen that. Right. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what is going on right now? How have you not seen this movie? Oh. So for me, I was like, yeah, we definitely should talk about the movies that we need Nikki to watch. I've been saying for this whole year, we have to like pin her down and make her watch these movies <laughs> as a homework assignment <laughs> so that she's no longer lacking in this department when it comes to this. We just, we just need it in her life. <laughs> She does. She does. She has to experience whether it's the pop culture or the movie itself or whatever. Maybe yeah. Nikki. Yeah, we, we got to get you on board with some of these. And <laughs> I have so many. I have so many. It's ridiculous. But your job is mm-hmm. is to pick out the top four movies that you now will have to see based on whether it's our argument or movies that we talked about in the past. So you're going to okay. give that out. Would you? Do you want to do that as we go as we go through our four thorough ones, or should we save you for last if you to pick out your movies? All right. Yeah, I'll, I will heal, hear all arguments and then I'll, okay. I'll pick them out. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, D. This should be a lot of fun, man. Let's get going with this thing. I, I have so, so many that I, I, I don't even <laughs> I don't know where to start. I just don't know where to start. But Nikki, I have to make sure on some of these that you've seen them, you know, because I didn't text you. I texted you about a like, couple of movies I wanted to make positively sure. Uh-huh. And, if, you know, full front, I'll, I, I got it because I couldn't go back and listen to every freaking show. It was just impossible. <laughs> I couldn't find my notepad either where I wrote these movies down. So I had to make sure of a couple of them. But there's a lot that I remember that you said that you never saw. Didn't you say you never saw The Departed? Uh, no, I have seen The Departed. All right, then it was Wolf of Wall Street then was the one. No, I've seen Wolf of Wall Street. You've seen Wolf of Wall Street too? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Which one was it? Was it Kill Bill 1 and 2? I have was never it? seen Kill Bill. Okay, that was oh one. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that's why. All right, all right. There was a couple of movies in there. I'm like, all right, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But let me get these out of the way, the ones that I'm not sure about. Okay. The Kill Bill 1 and 2 is a one that you can watch boom, boom, right after the other, like mm-hmm. like the Avengers, you know, Infinity War and then Endgame or something like that, where it just kind of carries over right to the next movie. I never saw an Avenger movie. I know that too, and I'm not even going to pick on you with that. that I <laughs> yeah, could. If you're not in the superheroes, it's fine. Yeah, okay. I'm, not, I'm not even going to pick on you with it. That's fine, because I never read a comic book in my life. I just got addicted to the movies. I thought they were great. But Kill Bill, being a female... These are female warriors out there. And this is a female warrior who is seeking vengeance for so many reasons that you couldn't imagine. And Nikki, any woman would relate to this character. But I don't want to give it away because you need to see these movies. It's great action, number one. It's Quentin Tarantino, number two. And they just have all these great storylines that go into it that create the vengeance of Uma Thurman, who is... Kiddo, because you can't say her name. That's part of the movie, and you'll see why. Can't, you'll see why you can't say her name. But okay. Bill Bill 1 and 2 must see for anybody, but especially any female warrior, which you are, Nikki. Oh, thank you. <laughs> okay. It's, it's in consideration. She got, like, the yellow jumpsuit on, right? That's in the first one. That is badass. Watch. But she does in that yellow jumpsuit. Holy mackerel. Okay. She, would, she would kill a prison. Okay. <laughs> entire prison down. Yes. So I think both that. men and women appreciate the, the yellow jumpsuit. Oh. Oh. Uma <laughs> Thurman wore in Kill Bill. But yes, you're right about Kill Bill. Great action. Uh, the first fight scene that she has with Vivica A. Fox. Yeah, going at it, <laughs> and then the kid walks in, and you have to stop yeah. fighting. <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, so like some of the fight scenes, the stories, Jay is right, you have to see Kill Bill one and two. Okay. So, off of that theme, have you seen John Wick? No, uh, oh my. 
Oh, <laughs> I don't even know what that is. What is so, John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> there's three John Wick movies, right? Oh God. John Wick is played by Keanu Reeves. Do you know who that is? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm playing with you. I know. <laughs> so Keanu Reeves is a, a retired assassin. Okay. Right. For the secret assassin world. Right. It's a whole world of secret assassins, which you really get into in two and three. Like it's really a whole secret society. Yeah. And the reason he comes back out of retirement, like MJ with 45 on, is because (laughs) (laughs) somebody from that world kills his dog. Now, I'm not the biggest dog person. We've talked about it before. Uh But I could appreciate you saying and the reason he was so close to the dog is that the dog was for his wife. Correct. Yeah, and, and the and the wife passed away. So that dog was the last connection to the wife. Okay. So when the dog dies, all hell breaks loose. And <laughs> John Wick, when you think about any action star, like anybody in history, he's the best at killing. That might be a hot take. <laughs> but I think Don Don Wick, is kids. <laughs> he's the best at killing people. And the, the different ways in which he kills people, he kills people with a pencil. Oh. It, could, <laughs> <laughs> it could be with the end of a table. And of course, a lot of shooting, mm-hmm. a lot of just everything going on. So Kevlar you see jackets, right? The Kevlar yeah. suits. That's sick, man. Love that. Yes. So it's not the, the story itself isn't the best, mm-hmm. right? But the action, the action in John Wick one, two, and three, the fight scenes, and then the story I think gets better as it goes along. Okay. The first one's more about the action and something that me and my dad did when we first watched it together. Like we watched it by ourselves, and then when I went home and visited, he's like, "We got to watch John Wick together." <laughs> so we watched John Wick, <laughs> and we tried to keep count of how many people he killed. So that's a way of keeping yourself engaged. Just trying okay. to keep track, and I get a different number every every time I watch it. So I've never, I don't know who the exact amount. <laughs> I'm horrible at counting, and I always lose track. <laughs> but so John Wick one, two, and three. Yes, okay. we need you to go see. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, I see that Peter does not know who John Wick is either. So thank you for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he doesn't. He's, he's giving you back. But yeah, Keanu Reeves, man, he is. Badass again. It's like the Matrix, like on steroids type of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I've it, never it, seen the Matrix. Oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> what are we gonna do? I, I don't know. This on my list. That would been on my list. That would yeah. been on my list. Oh my God, in heaven, Nikki! <laughs> so much, but I'm freaking out over here right now. I, don't know what I, I am proud of you that you've seen The Departed, though, because The Departed is one of my favorite movies. Yes, The Departed yeah, is a good next movie. movie. Yeah. All right. All right, here we go. I'm going to give you another. Here we go. Um, have you ever seen the movie Django? No. D, no. have you seen it? Yes, I've seen Django. Django's on that list when it comes to like being pretty good at killing people. Yeah, yeah <laughs> in, in pretty special ways. Another Quentin Tarantino movie, um, uh, you know, uh, coincidentally. But, I mean, look, the, the language in it is, is, you know, you have to be, you know, you have to take it for what it is in the time period. And that's another thing. It's a great learning lesson of a lot of things that, you know, we would not know. So they, yeah. so the storytelling in it is phenomenal. And then you have in a time period where there is slavery, you have the black hero that arises and 
He says he's one out of those 10,000, and he was one out of those 10,000 who came in there and said, you know what? I'm going to take down your house and every damn person you have in it because I want to go save my wife. Run away, scar right right on our cheek, but this whole movie is about Jamie Foxx going to find his wife, and what he has to go through to get her is absolutely incredible, mind-blowing. Leonardo DiCaprio does a sick job in that movie. He plays a bad yeah. guy, a real bad guy, but he did it really well. You wanted to hate him, Mr. Mr. Candy, as he's called in that movie. But but what what what, J, what Jamie Foxx's character does in that movie is great. And I think his name is Christopher Waltz. Uh, that guy is always another Quentin Tarantino movie. He's a guy with the gray hair all over the place. He is such a good freaking actor. He was like his mentor in the movie, Bounty hunters together, and yeah, I mean it's just such a such a great movie, and it's so entertaining, and there's such great acting in it. And again, what you learn from it, things that we would not know, but they put into the storytelling. Awesome movie, and Peter is agreeing with me right now. Django, <laughs> so I appreciate that. So Django in there for me, D. I know you love that movie. God, yeah, no, Django is a great movie. Like you said, great story. Like yeah. that's one of the ones like you get the story and the action with Django. That's right. And you get great performances from Jamie, Leonardo DiCaprio, Samuel Jackson is hilarious. Yes. <laughs> in, <laughs> in Django. Uh Carrie Washington, she's the wife that yep. Jamie Foxx is going after. She's really good as well. So yeah, Django's definitely one. Django's a little long. Gotta set aside some time. <laughs> but it's it's worth the time how, to watch. How long are we talking? How long? A two and a half. Two and a half, yeah. Yeah. Two and a half. Didn't hit that three hour mark. Don't worry, but you, you're not going to want to stop watching it. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to stop. So that's yeah. my three. What do you got, D? So for my number three, let me make sure. I believe we talked about this a few weeks ago. You've never seen Training Day, correct? Correct. Oh, right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so Training Day is on Netflix right now. So, okay. you, like, you can literally go anytime this weekend, go watch it. So, what makes Training Day so good is. Before this movie, we never saw Denzel Washington as a bad guy. Mm-hmm. He was always the good guy, or even if he wasn't the hero, he wasn't bad. In this movie, he plays a bad guy. And at first you think it's for the right reasons, <laughs> but <laughs> it turns out it's not for the right reasons. But okay. him, Ethan Hawke's also a very good actor who is supposed to be learning from Denzel Washington, right? right. Because Denzel is a cop who's been around for a long time, has a lot of respect in the neighborhoods that he patrols because he's been around a long time. And plus, they know how he operates, which isn't the cleanest way. Ethan (laughs) Hawke is a new cop who wants to do things the right way and still is wet behind the ears and wants to make a difference. Right. (laughs) So when you have that combination, then you turn, you find out Ethan Hawke is not just that, you know, we're behind the ears, super innocent guy. He also has a bad side to him, but he uses it for good. And so he gets the respect of Denzel throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. But then you see what happens as Ethan Hawke battles with Denzel throughout the movie as well. Good movie. Like you see, li- you've heard lines from Training Day. Okay. King Kong ain't yeah. got ish on me. Like you've okay. heard, <laughs> okay. you, you've heard lines from the movie because the lines are just so epic and his Denzel's performance was epic. The fact that he 
Yeah, this is when he first won the Oscar was Training Day. You know, oh, he should have won one before that, but th- this is the first one he got. And his performance was so good in it. Great movie, great story. It's one that uh, actually I met the kid who plays Denzel Washington's kid in the movie. Oh, really? Yeah, one of my guys I was in the Navy with, we went to L.A., his cousin, that's his cousin. We actually stayed with them while we was in LA. And I go, and he looked familiar, but he was older at the time. By that time we met him, he was like probably 16, 17 at that point. I was going to say, because he was like five, six in that movie or something. Yeah. Like yeah. So I go to the refrigerator and I see a picture of Denzel Washington with this kid. And I was like, yo, that was you? <laughs> no way, man. Yeah. Wow. So he, yeah. He was like, yeah, you know that. And that he, and I was like, oh, okay, and that makes it even better for me now. When I watch, I'm like, oh man, I met that dude. So, <laughs> so yeah. So, but Training Day, you have to go on Netflix and watch it. Okay. Epic performance from both Ethan Hawke and Denzel Washington. Yeah, I back him up, Nikki, all the way in this. It's, it's an absolute must-watch. It's great, and Ethan Hawke is like the Boy Scout in the movie, but he does have his own demons and everything like that. And Denzel, man, wow, what a performance by him! Absolutely great. Yeah. And when they get into the neighborhood and the way that you know people are people are treated over there, and how how Ethan Hawke gets out of a situation is like the only thing that could save his life. And I'm not giving anything away by saying that, but that scene right there, if that wallet didn't come out that damn, that damn pocket, man, if they didn't find it, then that whole movie would have turned out a different way. So that's, that's a great call. Yep. Nikki, you got to get on that. No doubt. No doubt. All right. So what do I got? My number two, which one do I want to pick? How about, okay, Nikki, I have to hit you hard with this one right now. Okay. You haven't seen not just, Rocky, you haven't seen any of them. Not you, a single one. You are absolutely insane. <laughs> <laughs> this is America. We live in America. You have to watch Rocky. You Apollo yeah. Creed with his American shorts and coming out in his hat and everything in Rocky Four, but that's fine. But Rocky One is like this raw type of fight, and he goes against Apollo Creed, the champion, all fifteen rounds, and who wins? It doesn't matter right now, but. Oh, I'm mad at that rocker saying, Adrian! Adrian! <laughs> you know, he's, he's got like four eyes now. He can't see anything. You're cut me, man, cut me. It's dramatic. And it's old school and it's raw. But then the second one gets a little bit more cleaner, I guess, if you want to say. I don't know. And the ending of that one, I would never tell anybody because that ending is top five ending in any movie I've ever seen in my entire life. All right, nine, ten, Damien, you know what I'm talking about. Then it's Clubber Lang he's got to fight. Then it's Ivan Drago because his best buddy Apollo got killed. I'm going to tell you that already. When there's death in a movie, it's more dramatic. And Rocky Four is a lot better than what people think. Rocky training yeah. up in the mountains, man, in Russia, in a place where he does not belong. You know, he doesn't want to be. There's like the Cold War going on at that time. And that was really inspirational. I have to say, when he won that fight, because Nikki, because – Rocky wins fights. That's just the bottom line. He's going to win. Okay. So, <laughs> so he beats Ivan Drago in Russia during the a, a part of the Cold War. And his ending speech was, I've seen a lot of people in here change as they're rooting for Rocky instead of Ivan Drago, the Russian, because they're all rooting for Ivan Drago forever. But then they start rooting for Rocky because he's not stopping. He's a foot shorter than Ivan Drago. And he keeps going. He gets up after being pounded down and pounded down, keeps getting up. He can't see anything. And he keeps fighting and fighting. And in the 15th round, he finally knocks that tower of a freaking tree man down. 
and the crowd goes nuts and it's all in Russia. And he gives a speech where if I can change and you can change, everybody can. I got chills all over my freaking body. right now. <laughs> it, it is f- phenomenal. So Rocky one through four. You can forget about five and the other ones, but go Rocky <laughs> one through four. Trust me, you will love it. You will freaking love it. You'll love it. That's all there is to it. Okay. <laughs> and you're a wife and you know how you know how to care for your husband. Uh-huh. So Adrian is a very caring wife too, so you will relate. Okay. Yeah, Rocky yeah. 1 through 4. Yeah. And also Creed. Now they have a new yeah. franchise with Creed with Michael B Jordan. Good call. Yeah, so I think once you watch the Rockies, then you could come to the modern age with Creed. Okay. <laughs> So that'll be yeah. So you get a good six movies out of this one that you can watch. So I, I like that pick right there. It's true. And Peter agrees. Peter agrees. All right, let's keep it going. So that was my two, and that could have been a lot of other ones. But uh, all right, D, let's see what you got. So have you seen White Men Can't Jump? Yes. <gasps> oh, thank God. <laughs> yes. Okay. okay. Any given Sunday. Yes. Okay, because if I, you didn't see any given Sunday, you know how I felt about any given Sunday. I know, I yeah. know. <laughs> the show would have been over. Yeah, yeah. Know, it would have been done, <laughs> over, <laughs> never comes back. No, I had to see any given Sunday. Okay, so one that we talked about that you saw, you said you only saw pieces of, I believe, was Friday, right? Yeah, pieces on Bravo. Never saw the entire thing together. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Friday is an all-time cult classic movie. That you have to watch okay. yes. front to back. I've gotten so bad now when it comes on, like they, for some reason, Bravo was showing all of Fridays this past weekend. Uh, I can quote the whole movie front to back. Uh, <laughs> it's, yeah. And it's so quotable, so many funny lines. And the funny thing is like with Chris Tucker, I was listening to an interview with Chris Tucker who plays Smokey oh, on Friday. He's talking about how he's done all these different movies, all these rush hours and all these different things. But when people see him, first thing they ask him to do is say, man, you just got knocked the F out. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's such a classic line from that movie. Yes, it uh, is. Debo is such a classic character. Like Debo will be used as a term to describe bullies forever. Yes. Okay. It, yes. And, true. and there's going to be people 20 years from now who have no idea who Tiny Lister is, the one who played Debo, rest in peace. Right. They have no idea who he is, but they'll be described as a Debo because his character was such a bully in this movie. And it's funny because they're not in high school. Like, they're all in their 20s at this point. Right. <laughs> and he's he's still bullying them. Yep. <laughs> but it's – so you get the story of somebody overcoming a bully, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But you also get the classic comedy. Okay. You get a father-son dynamic. I think that is really not talked about enough in that movie – with John Witherspoon and Ice Cube yeah. and John Witherspoon really trying to show Ice Cube where to go and how to go and show him the right path. He grew up in a bad neighborhood and he's trying to show him that this doesn't have to be the way. Uh, it's it's a really good movie on all fronts. Like I said, the most quotable movie of all time. Like so oh, many quotes. Really from, big from worm. <laughs> what about Big Worm, Big Perm? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, Why your dad so mad? Why his hair look like that? Yeah, like, right. Like, right. Why? <laughs> he wants hair. Like it's so, <laughs> it's so many funny quotes <laughs> from Friday. Like just she told me she like Janet Jackson. Come out the car looking like Freddie Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's so many quotable lines from this really movie. Are. So many legends in this movie. Chris Tucker, 
yeah. Bernie Mac, John with the spoon. Like it's so just uh all-time classic, man. It is and they like the funny part is like they all these guys were still coming up. So yeah. Chris Tucker talked about how he barely got paid for the movie. And then he went on to be this classic movie, but he, he thanks it because it helped him become the high, highest paid actor in the world when he did Rush Hour 2 and stuff like that. So right. Friday is a must-see. You have to watch it. I will send you my DVD if you need it. I don't, <laughs> think, it's on, I don't think it's on Netflix anymore. Yeah. So yeah. if you need the DVD, I have the pack that you sell at Walmart with all three Fridays and All About the Benjamins. I will send it to you so you make Overnight. sure you see it. Yes. <laughs> you have to see yeah, Pete, Peter, you got to watch it, man. You definitely got to watch it. And I like how you talked about the lesson in the movie with, with, with his father, Ice Cube and yeah. his father. Um, Look, the, the whole thing was is that he took a gun out of his drawer. And he's like, what are you doing? His father's like, that doesn't make you a man. This yeah. makes you a man. And that's what happened when he fought Debo. There was no shooting. It was just, well, I mean, he threw, threw a brick at his freaking face. <laughs> Other than that. <laughs> yeah. It was Debo, that was definitely a size disadvantage. So I think a brick... Yeah, it was yeah, needed. That's <laughs> true, but you might be able to get yeah. away with that one. Yeah. So, Nikki, uh, again, that's another one. We're helping uh, Peter out over here also. He's yeah, getting right. a bunch of good action right now. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. My number one, I, I have like two of them. Okay. And let me ask you first. D- okay. Have you seen The 40-Year-Old Virgin? Yes. Thank God. Okay. Classic. This movie, yeah, total classic. Okay, good. So I don't have to go into it. We're yeah. good. The movie you haven't seen, which... I think everybody in the world has, not just America, but everybody in the entire planet has seen is Gladiator, I believe, with Russell Crowe. I've never seen it. D, have you seen it? And if you haven't, you got to see it. You have? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're a normal human being. Of course you have. (laughs) (laughs) It's better I'm talking to for a minute over here. Sorry, Nick, I'm just playing. But Gladiator, okay? I don't want to give away. I really, really don't want to give it away. But right in the beginning, they, they set the scene where Maximus is Russell Crowe, his character, and he is a general in the army, and he's won many, many battles. He's been away from home for a long time. He misses his wife and son dearly. Unfortunately, the Caesar, who he's really close with, gets killed. I'm not going to say how exactly. And all of a sudden, Maximus is now a slave, or actually sent to his death. He gets away. He ends up in some deserted place where he's now turned into a quote-unquote gladiator where they have to fight. Nobody knows who the hell he is until he gets to the arena in the Colosseum, the great Colosseum in Rome, when everybody is there, 500,000 people. I don't know how many freaking sits, you know, 50,000, whatever it is. But now everybody's watching him. And the emperor who is, um, what's his name? Uh, 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 Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. He's an excellent actor. He plays the role of the villain to a freaking T. You want to kill him in the movie the second that you lay eyes on him. You want him dead. You want the man dead. That's how good of an actor he is. You just want him dead, and you want everyone to kill him as many times over as possible. But, again, without giving away the entire thing, he had, he he's at the top, he's at the bottom, and now he has to rise again to get his vengeance in the world and to see his family again in the afterlife one day, but not until he completes his mission and his freaking mission is one for the ages. I am telling you gladiator, you will thank me and you will send me gifts on my birthday. for the fact <laughs> that you're watching the movie. I promise you. I promise. All right. All right. Is it gladiator Crow- number one? 
Number did one. Did he take his shirt off? I don't think so. And if he uh, did, I wasn't watching. But I, I don't. Think <laughs> you, were, you were focused on the Uma Thurman yellow jumpsuit then, right? See, yes, that works for me. Yeah. <laughs> I bet it does. <laughs> no, he's totally right about Gladiator. There's another one that you had to set aside some time for. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Those are the best movies, though. Those yeah. are the best movies. They are. Yeah, uh, yeah, but it's it's worth the wait. It's worth the, the watch. Hell yeah. Now, uh, for my number one, I had so many movies that I feel like you just needed to see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But for my number one, uh, should I go modern? Should I go classic? <laughs> you get dumb two on her. Yeah. <laughs> dumb two on her. Uh, so have you seen Ali? No. What Ooh. movie you seen? Ali. Oh yeah, I seen Ali. So Ali, I'll, I'll pick that one as my my older one. So Ali, Will Smith is playing Muhammad Ali in the movie. Does an amazing job playing Muhammad Ali, and you get to. I know you're not a big boxing person, but Muhammad Ali being the greatest of all time is something that you get to see the behind the scenes story of how he was and how flawed he was as a human being as well. And I think that was probably Will Smith's best performance, maybe outside of pursuit of happiness, maybe like where Mm -hmm. you get to see his range in acting, his impression of Muhammad Ali is on point. And also like Jamie Foxx is in it. Jamie Foxx is not supposed to be funny, (laughs) but he has some (laughs) some hilarious moments as his character as well. Uh, it just the story of Muhammad Ali is a great story and it's told very well in this movie. So I would definitely recommend Ali for okay. you to see. Uh, another one that I would say that you have to see that is more modern. Have you seen Bad Boys? Uh, no. Whoa. Oh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm gonna just give Will Smith all the love on this on my number one. So okay. Ali. Uh-huh. Bad boys one, two, and three. Okay. 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 So, <laughs> Bad boys one is really good. Bad boys two is an all-time classic. Hmm. Bad boys three is excellent. So I'll say to rank them, I would say two is the best one, mm-hmm. three than one. Mm-hmm. But the action number two is absolutely just nuts. Yeah. Like, <laughs> absolutely crazy. The story that goes from one, two to three is great. Uh, another very quotable series. And Will Smith and Martin Lawrence have probably the best buddy cop chemistry ever. <laughs> and the scene for number two, where Martin's daughter is going out on a first date and the date <laughs> arrives. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the funniest scenes of all time from any movie ever. So, like I said, you have to see one, two, and three. Okay. Number two is definitely the best one. And oh, that scene is a scene where it's very quotable. Like, if you see a young kid who looks old and somebody says, and he says, I'm 15, oh, like, nah, you look 30. That's <laughs> from Bad Boys 2. It's okay. a quote that you're always going to hear. So, Bad Boys 1, 2, and 3, and Ali. Okay. No doubt. And yeah. when you watch the first one, just remember I'm saying this because I'm Mike Lowry. Mike <laughs> Lowry. <laughs> All right. 
<laughs> yes. When he comes there and he's, he's looking through the window, the lady's like, no way. Swings a baseball bat right at him. He's like, damn, baby, what are you doing? You're not at Yankee Stadium. You're trying to kill me with a bat. <laughs> uh, I, I agree with everyone he's said, Nikki. I do. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, Please watch these movies when you have time. A rainy day on a weekend. You don't feel like getting up. You got to watch all of these movies, please. And watch Pulp Fiction also. I don't think you saw that one either, did you? No, I haven't seen Pulp yeah. Fiction. Uh, please do me a favor. Please finish Shawshank Redemption. If you I see- can't get through it. How I can you not get through it? I don't know. My husband's like, you got to, he's ridiculous. I mean, he gets so mad at the movies <laughs> I haven't seen. And I just can't get through Shawshank. I don't know. It doesn't grab me. It just, uh, listen, I, so I jotted down like four movies also that I think that might surprise people that probably the whole world has seen that I haven't. Oh, uh, I have never seen Forrest Gump. Wow. Wow. I, mean, <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even think to put that on my list because I'm like, there's no way she hasn't seen Forrest Gump. I, right. That's what everybody <laughs> in the world saw Forrest Gump. It was like mandatory when you were a kid growing up. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. I've never seen Jaws. Yeah, uh, Jaws. Jaws. <laughs> that's okay. That's not a Damien. That's yeah. not a great movie. Yeah, but. Jaws, Jaws is also older too. Like so, like with Jaws, yeah, if your parents didn't like watch it, you didn't see it. I get, I get Jaws. I'm all right uh, with that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I've never seen any Mission Impossible whatsoever. I've never seen any Bond movie. Any 007. Never. I'm fine. Uh, yeah, those, those are fine. Yeah, with 007, I've only seen a few of those. The action's really good in 007 movies, but I never really got into the whole series and had to be like, you have to watch 007. Now, Mission Impossible, I think, is underrated a little bit. Mm. Like, Mission Impossible movies, especially the later ones, I think were really, really good. Hmm. Um, I also, <laughs> this is so embarrassing, but this is our show. Um, <laughs> I have never seen Black Panther and oh, you gotta watch Black Panther. <laughs> I literally, movies. literally had no idea when people were just like randomly shouting like Wakanda. Like I just didn't <laughs> know what it was. I thought it was just like a new like slang yeah, word. Like, I had no idea. So I had to <laughs> Google it, right? And then I'm like, okay, oh, this is Black Panther. Okay. And then so I go into this whole rabbit hole of like DC and Marvel superheroes. And I was just like so confused and it's whole licensing agreement, but I had no idea what Wakanda was. I had no, I, I like, I just had no clue. So I've never seen Black Panther. It's like rated on Rotten Tomatoes is like the number two best movie of all time. I probably should see it. I'm really? putting that on my own list, but yeah, I had no clue what it was. And I thought people were just yelling Wakanda for <laughs> I don't know what reason. No clue. Not a clue in the world. No, hey. I'm just in a bubble, I guess. That's what all the vibranium is, man. All the vibraniums in Wakanda. They they got the technology down more yeah. than anybody. Yeah, the you gotta Nick, check it out, Nick. Yes, they have Peter, they have the technology. I own a television. I do own a television, Peter. I watch yeah. a lot of TV, just not a lot of movies. Uh they do have uh Wakanda has the technology that Jason thinks we should have now. Yes, oh. <laughs> proof that we do have it. That's what I'm trying to say. That's why they're in the movies. Thank you, baby. I appreciate that. That's I good. appreciate the recommendation. So, based on that, I think, I think the logically, since I always watch Bravo, Friday's probably going to be easy to watch, right? So, I'll probably do yeah. Friday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, probably going to do Training Day. Do it. And, uh, you know, probably Ali, because I do like real people's stories. Like, I do like, yeah. like, 
you know, what do they call biopics or I read a lot of, you know, autobiography. So I do like that. So, you know, I'll work on the rest, but probably Friday because I think that'd be the easiest one. And I've seen bits and pieces. So what about Anchorman real quick? Have you seen Anchorman? I have seen Anchorman. Okay, that's good now. That's good. That's a funny um, one. It's not I, bad. I mean, Napoleon I, Dynamite. How do you guys? I, I, no, I've seen Napoleon Dynamite. I think I've I hate seen, that movie though. Yeah, I don't. I don't really like get it. I guess, but I've seen it. Um, but I've seen like your typical girl movies, like The Devil Wears Prada, Bodyguard, Cruel Intentions. I love all the Jurassic Park uh, movies. Okay, oh, that's cool. I dig so that. that. I love a good disaster movie like Twister and Armageddon. Uh, I thought Fight Club was really good. So I, I, just, I got some. Okay, Fight Club. That you get some bonus yeah. points for watching okay. Fight Club. Yeah. Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting is very good. Don't ask me to watch a war movie. I'm not watching like Dunkirk or Saving Private. Attempted Saving Private Ryan. I, I couldn't get through it. Yeah, some war movies are for like his like. But you are a history buff though, so I figured you'd be. Yeah, but it's all just shooting. It's just blah, 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 blah. Oh, God. I hate repetitive noises, so it actually aggravates me. <laughs> uh, more movies are tough. More movies yeah. are tough. I'm with oh, you. Did you. I don't think you. Did you see Step Brothers? No. Oh. oh yeah, you got to see that, too. Step Brothers is hilarious. Will Ferrell. It's, <laughs> yeah, the classic Will Ferrell movie. Like my my wife, it's her favorite movie. Or what? It was one of her favorite movies. It's up there. And for one of her uh, birthdays, I got her a stepbrother shirt with the picture they have <laughs> with, with them like this. Uh-huh. <laughs> so for that, it's classic gift. So yeah, you gotta see stepbrothers. All yeah. right, stepbrothers, get Pulp Fiction in there and you do, do everything. Go nuts. Go nuts. <laughs> um, speaking of going nuts, it's her turn to get us back right now and uh, yeah. to introduce it. Uh, you know, let's get this bad boy started over here. It is knowledge with Nikki time, everybody. Get up, clap your hands, stomp your feet, because here we go. Knowledge with Nikki. We do it like no other. And this week, Nikki, tell us what we got going on. I think it's very vital. Hold on, I gotta see you guys dance. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> this is epic right here. <laughs> this is the show, folks, right here. <laughs> That's right. We don't care what we do, we do it. It don't make a damn difference. All right. My hat got bigger. I got a haircut, so I don't know. Oh, very nice. I like the hat, though. Hey, hey, I'm sticking with it. That's my trademark over here now. That's what I'm calling it. <laughs> pimp hat right there. <laughs> I got another one, too. I'm going to pimp out next week also. I got another special one for you guys. All right, I already oh, got I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going full fedora freaking style over here. All right. <laughs> Nikki, what the hell is happening with Knowledge with Nikki this week? Um, so I know we talked about Disney and you do each have one Disney question, but then you each have three movie questions and we haven't done movie trivia in, I think almost exactly a year. So we're going to try it again. Okay. Okay. And speaking of which Nikki, thank you for reminding me. Speaking of a year and we've reached a more than a full calendar year. Now we are on season four guys, and this is episode Ooh. one of season four, 25 episodes per season. Season four starting off right now. Show number wow. seventy-two. How do you like that, huh? Round of applause to us. Next nice job, guys. Yeah. Nice job. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who's awesome. first this week? 
is uh, Jay's first this week. Yeah, yeah he was <laughs> going, man. He was going to be Get it off! Get it off me! Get it off me! <laughs> well, I think you guys are going to do good. I think it's movies, so uh, you know. Oh, I think I don't think the house is going to win on this one. All right, Jay. Here okay. we go. What are the names of the stepsisters from Cinderella? Oh, I know that. That's Anastasia and Drizella, right? Yes. Yep, I remember that. I watched that shit when I was a kid. Oh, I curse. I'm sorry. My <laughs> remember that from being a kid? You remember? Yep, I did. My sister was more of a, you know, Cinderella. Cinderella, she uh. freaking had our fake glass slippers and crap. So I heard that when I was a kid. <laughs> 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 All right, there you go. So you guys are going to crush it this week. You guys, oh, I, I got lucky on one. Let's not get overboard. No, see, let's not get crazy because I had no idea if Jason got that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jay. Who was the first solo female host of the Oscars? Mm. First solo female host of the Oscars. First solo female host of the Oscars. Oh, that's a great question. Wow. Um, first female solo. Ellen DeGeneres? No. That's Do a great guess. <laughs> Uh, that's a great guess. It is. I'm gonna go with the woman who done who has done everything, Meryl Streep. That's Whoopi a good Goldberg. Oh, Whoopi! No, no. Oh. That's a good. That's let's say out comedian, somebody who would be able to handle that stage. Yeah, that's a great, great one. Right yeah, there. that makes sense. That makes sense. All righty, all righty. Okay, Jay. Speaking of war movies, could you please tell me the highest grossing war movie of all time? Hmm. War movie. Yes. Okay, so I'm. I wouldn't consider Braveheart is out of war movies. I'm not going to go with that. The highest crows was a war movie. Um, Schindler's List. No. Sugar. Hmm. That's a good guess. War. Highest grossing war movie. I'm gonna go with Saving Private Ryan. American Sniper. Oh, okay. All right. I didn't think that it would be that high, but that's a good well, that's, movie. That's the one with Bradley Cooper, right? Yeah. Yes. That was all the women. Yeah. <laughs> 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 all right, Jay. Number four for you. Yay. What is the first movie ever to be rated PG-13? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um... The first movie ever to be rated PG-13. This is like impossible for me to answer right now. Um, Gremlins? No. D? No. I'm going to go with Kids. No. Red Dawn. Red, Red Dawn. Dawn. Okay. okay. It's knowledge for Nikki. This is what we're Kids is like really priceless. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I got one out of that. At least I got one. <laughs> All right, D is up. Here we go. All right, D number one. Approximately how many languages can C3PO speak in Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> I have, uh, see, I'm not a Star Wars guy. I have no idea. I'm not a Star Wars guy either. I have yeah. never seen a Star Wars movie. I, I can't make fun of you for that one. I've seen one, <laughs> but I wasn't into it. 
What, what what the heck was the question again? <laughs> Approximately how many languages can C-3PO speak in Star Wars? D, did you guess yet? I don't have a freaking clue. I, I have no idea, so I'm just going to pass it to you. C-3, does that have anything to do with, is that like, like Greek, uh, Delta, Alphabet? I'm going to say like one, one billion Six million. Wow. Oh, it was four hundred. <laughs> That's a lot of money. <laughs> a lot of numbers. That's a lot of languages, yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of languages. All right, Woo. let's try number two. What is the very first animal we see in the Lion King? Oh. The very first animal we see in the Lion King. Oh man. Nah, I'm gonna be mad at myself if I get this one wrong. The very first animal we've seen in The Lion King. I gotta think. It's is it the the toucan bird? No. <sighs> is it the baboon? No, it is a rhinoceros. Really? Wow. Yeah. Oh wow! I never would have got that. Shoot. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I, I never would have got that. Damn. All right. All right. Okay, D. Alone. What is the name of Edward Norton's character in Fight Club? Wow. I got it. I know what it. Is, yeah, what is his name? <laughs> Take your time if you'd like. Because I do know it. I'll tell you that right now. You know it? Yeah. Oh, man. Edward Norton's name in Fight Club. It's funny. Yeah. I've seen Fight Club like Four like or five times. times. That's a good <laughs> song. That's a fight club about 38 times. <laughs> oh, man. I like Fight Club a lot, too. You know, but his name doesn't stick with me. So, yeah, go ahead, Jay. All right, Nikki. I feel like I might be being tricked on this one, but isn't it Tyler Durden? Uh, he does not have a name. What you, ah. Brad, Tyler Durden. No, he does not have a name. Edward Norton doesn't have a name. No, he does not. He technically does not have a name in that movie. I, okay. That's the reason why I didn't know his name. <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe, maybe you're right. You pass it off. You're like, I don't think he has a name or whatever. <laughs> I get a point for that. I could, I could have sworn that he kept calling Brad Pitt Tyler Durden, but that was his real name. That's not his name, though. Okay, I believe you. Obviously. <laughs> All right. Well, we got one more for D. We got one more for D. All right, D. What is the highest grossing R-rated movie of all time? Whoa. Uh, R-rated movie. I think I might have a guess. Man, highest grade grossing R-rated movie. Or... Man, that's tough. It's got a couple of guesses. Think of all any of the Marvel movies are R-rated. I'm gonna go with Deadpool. No, oh, that was such a good guess, man. <laughs> that really was. I was thinking Deadpool too. You know that that could have been it. Um, I'll go with Goodfellas. Joker. Oh, go with Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. No wow. kidding. Joke was pretty good. You see, like I, I I keep debating whether or not I want to watch it because it looks a little psychotic. 
<laughs> it is. It definitely, it definitely is. <laughs> but it's 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 a it's a good movie, and you definitely see why Joker turned to be Joker. Okay, I'm gonna watch. Then you know what? I'm putting that on my movie list. Then I'm gonna watch it. I'm yeah. gonna watch the Joker. Like I I enjoy the villain stories. Like I we just went to the movies for the first time. I think I might have told the story last week, but we just went to the movies for the first time in over a year last week to see Cruella. Right. And right. 101 Dalmatians doesn't even really stick with me like that as a movie. I, I remember watching it as a kid, but I don't remember the story. And watching Cruella made me want to go back and watch 101 Dalmatians wow. to see why she turned that way. But Cruella, Emma Stone did a great job as Cruella. Very good movie. I can't wait. And it sets up like it's going to be a Cruella 2. I can't wait to see oh. the second one. All right. Pretty cool, man. Pretty cool. Yeah, I haven't seen that, but uh, I might check that one out. All right. I'll dig it. I dig it. Nikki, all right. Good stuff. You got us. I think the only one question between uh, that all eight of them, but you got us this week. You got us. <laughs> we knew we were going to get you some want, Jay, You want on Cinderella. I got the Cinderella. That's it. Cinderella. Cinderella. <laughs> All right, we got a couple more segments left, so let's make it hot for you guys over here on the Third and Three podcast. Again, we give thanks to the Sports Column Anchor Radio Streamyard for hooking us up. You can catch us on YouTube, uh, Facebook, everything, guys. We'll give you our Twitter handles and where you can find us at the end of the show, which will be not exactly shortly because we got a few more things to talk about, like unpopular opinions, and we have them every week. Sometimes they are popular with a few, sometimes nobody, but <laughs> mine. I'm going to give – I have two. I'm, I'm going to save my other one for next week because I might take a little bit long on that. But there's news now, guys, with the college playoffs that they're they're talking more um, independently where they're going to possibly even expand the playoffs. Now, I like the four teams, maybe, maybe six teams, and you give the first two teams a bye. But, guys, they're talking about 12 12 teams in the playoffs. And to me, mm. all that is doing is watering down the regular season, which college football, more than any sport, the regular season means so much. Every game, every week, you basically cannot lose if you want a shot at the title. I understand why they want to do it. They're going to make more money, more bowl games, whatever it is. But taking the purity out of what is the only regular season uh, type of sport other than the NFL, of course, which is really important. But this, if, if you're like Georgia, Auburn, whatever, if you lose one, two, if you lose two games, you're done. If you lose one game, maybe you're still in there, but there's probably two or three teams that are going to go undefeated. And they're always the same teams. That part bothers me that we're always seeing Ohio state. We're always seeing Alabama. We're always seeing Clemson. So that part does bother me a little bit. I wish there would be better recruiting around the country, obviously. And Nick Saban didn't grab every damn player that came out. But uh, I don't like the expansion to go to 12 teams. I don't even want it at eight teams. I don't want it at 10, not 12. Six would be top for me, guys. And I know a lot of people out there really want more teams in the playoffs because that gives other schools more opportunities. And I love that idea, and I think that's great. But then again, now you're taking away from the bowl integrity and making a bowl game and being proud of it and playing in it, which seems to have lost its luster. So the way they're trying to get it back is by adding more playoff teams. And all that's going to do is drag out a season for college kids who do not get paid. And that's a whole other conversation we can have all together. But yeah. D, Nikki, I do not think that they should be expanding this really at all. I could deal with six, but not with eight, 10 or 12. Yeah, 12 definitely seems like a lot, so Come I agree on. with you there. Uh, for me, I was a fan of seeing eight because you could get five from the power conferences and three wild cards. 
And I do feel like there are certain years where you'll look back and say, we should really should have saw that team compete for a championship. Mm. And with eight, I don't think you'll be saying, oh, that ninth team should have been competing for a championship. Of course, you always have your arguments on who the number eight, number seven should be. But it's different when you only have four and the number five team has the same record as number four. And there's not much separating them at all besides some guys saying, oh, I think this team is better. So for me, I can see it expanding to eight just to make sure we get the best eight in. But 12, yeah, because the difference between, Mm -hmm. say, Alabama and Clemson and that team at 12 is big. Big. So there's there's no need to have that game. But one in eight, I can see that being a closer game, especially if you have a year where, say, the SEC has three good teams and that third team gets another shot at Alabama. That could be a really good game because now they get to see Alabama again, or it's maybe Clemson they're seeing again, whoever it is. I think eight would be a perfect number. So if you do that, if you have eight, then you have to win what four to one. You have to win three games in order to win the championship. Nikki, you think that makes sense? What Damien's saying that if if they went to eight teams, you have to win three games in order to win the title in college football. How does it sound to you? Ah. <sighs> I mean, I guess I could see eight, um, but we're borderline there. I, 12 just seems like excessive. No, That's too much. Like way, too much. way too much. I could see six, but yeah, I mean, you guys have a point. Like, I don't know. I didn't even watch because it's like, oh, I'm sure Alabama's going to win. It's just kind <laughs> of like, yeah, yeah. Like you, I would love to see like a different team in there. So, I, you know, is there a way to do it where you can kind of include some other you know, schools. Yeah, I hope so. Without being excessive, because twelve seems like way too much. We don't want twelve, and we didn't want seventeen games in the NFL. 18, yeah, no. we What are we at now? Seventeen. Yep, seventeen. There'll be eighteen <laughs> soon enough. Ruining every record, ruining yep. all the records. Just yeah. destroying everything, really. That's that's all they did was just totally ruin regular season records. And they had fourteen games, and then they went to sixteen. People flipped out. Now it's seventeen. There's no stopping it. It's going to go like on you said, They don't even pay the college players, which we should really do a whole show on. Because if I do tomatoes, that's going to take like forty five minutes. But <laughs> I, just, I, can, I I'm with you guys. Like I, you don't even pay these kids, and why don't you? Uh, we'll get yeah. into it another day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll leave it at, at least they should be able to make money off their own likeness yes. at the very freaking least, you know? Yeah. So yeah. You know, baseball in the morning, they don't even get like food yeah. and nothing. Uh, yeah. They just, they get their, you know, regular uh, daily, you know, whatever it is. And, and that's yeah, it. Go they, to the cafe, just like all the kids. That's, <laughs> that's it. No, no real special treatment in that department right yeah. there. You know? So yeah, I would like to spend some time uh, talking about that topic on the show soon. I really would, Nikki. So that would be uh, that pretty awesome. All right, uh, D, how about you? What do you got for your own popular opinion? Okay, so we did a movie theme today, so I'm gonna do a movie as well for my unpopular opinion. Oh, okay. Are you guys familiar with the movie Love Jones? No. A little bit, not fully. I, I have not seen it. I'm not gonna lie, I have not. Okay. Seen it. So Love Jones is a classic or it's considered a classic among black people right it's this classic love story about a young man and this young woman who meet each other at a poetry like open mic night um, at this club and it's gotten over the years it's grown in legend like, oh, you put on Love Jones with your, with your girl, that's going to just close the deal. That's how I know it. 
That's yeah. how I know Love Jones. There you go. That, that's exactly the re- how I know it. Thank you. So please keep going. That's how I know it. So, yeah, a lot of people know it because of that. Some of the lines are legendary. Like if you ever hear somebody say um, love is about the possibility of it, that came from Love Jones. Okay. So they have some classic lines in it, some some good poetry. Like me as a poet, I appreciate some of the poets, uh, the poetry in it, right? But the story of Love Jones, the love story that's supposed to be so good, is trash. <laughs> <laughs> love, love Jones as a movie is trash. Now, the actors are good actors and actresses, right? Lorenz Tate is the main guy. Nia Long is the main woman in the movie. Both great actors, actresses, right? But the story itself is trash. So <laughs> Lorenz Tate meets her at this poetry bar. He does poetry and he does a poem dedicated to her, like Freestyles One, <clears throat> dedicated to her. And it's a little more sexual than she likes, right? So she's like, I appreciate it, but there's more to me than just that, right? Which, okay, I get. He has to be on a deeper line. Cool. And he, like, goes about trying to get with her. So they end up running into each other at a record store. And he plays a record for her. And he's, and he's thinking that's going to be it. And she's like, no, I'm good. And she did just got a relationship. Like the beginning of the movie is her like looking at this old photo of her old boyfriend and trying to get over it. So at the time I can see her, that's realistic of her saying no. So what he does, which would never happen today, she pays with a check, which people wouldn't do today. <laughs> right. So she pays for her what CDs with a check <laughs> and he gets the address for her off the check. Right. Straight stalker move. Oh. Gets, the, gets the address off the check and the phone number off the check and drops at her and just drops in on her, like doesn't call, which he got the phone number, which he could have called, mm. right? But he, he just drops in on her, right? Straight stalker move. It is 97 when the movie comes out. So it's a little different. You know, things going to be different. Nowadays, people can do the same stalker move. It'll just be with like Facebook or something. So he does the stalker move and goes to see her and she just lets him in. <laughs> doesn't know this guy from Adam seen him twice he comes over with a CD that she was looking for that she couldn't find right which okay I like the move you found the CD that she wants but at least say like hey I got my the phone number I just wanted to let you know I got the CD can I meet you somewhere you don't just come to the house yeah, that's and, then, yeah. and then she just lets him in right <laughs> <laughs> so that's where it starts to become trash to me so she just lets him in they start to hit it off and they go out on a few dates and during this time, her ex-boyfriend, of course, that she was looking at in the, at the beginning, comes back in the picture. Mm. She tells Lorenz Tate, oh, I'm going to New York to do some things for photography. She's a photographer in the movie and also handle some unfinished business. And he's like, oh, you got a dude that you're trying to see? Is that cold for that? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, yeah. And the reason she does that is because she wants to see him react, which uh-huh. is trash. <laughs> he wants to see how he reacts to her going out of her way to see her ex. She goes to see the ex and realizes why he's the ex. <laughs> like, so they break up for no reason at all. When she comes back into town, she hooks up with one of his friends. Oh, oh man, for real? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, and they don't they don't hook up, hook up, but she goes on dates with the friend. The friend who's know. a dirtbag. <laughs> brings <laughs> brings her to a party where all the friends are being. So Lorenz Tate is going to be at this party when he brings Neil Long to the party. 
that's when she realized he's a dirtbag. True. <laughs> oh, man. So after all this happens, he takes her back and does it by what? Reciting a poem. <laughs> Stop it. This, the, the story of Love Jones is trash. They got some great lines in there. Like they'll say, love is about the, possibil- the possibility of the thing is a classic line. Uh, let me let me break it down until it is forever to be broke. Great line when you're about to break down something. So there's some great lines in the movie, right? Yeah. Some good performances. But Love Jones as a movie, trash. <laughs> you made me want to see it, though. You so, Even though it's, you're saying it's trash, you sold me on wanting to see this movie now. Now I have to. <laughs> there is no bad it's on Netflix. <laughs> Yeah, It's on Netflix now. That's when I went, I went back and watched it this past weekend. Because I saw it, I was like, I haven't seen, like, because when it came out, I was too young to understand why it was such a popular movie and why people always talked about Love Jones, putting it on to close the deal. I was seven when it came out, so I didn't know what closing the deal was. So, <laughs> so yeah, I didn't know why it was so popular. So I'm like, oh, Love Jones? Oh, let me check out Love Jones. It's got to be, you know, a classic. And I'm like, it's so many just whole plots and it's a story of a toxic relationship. Which shouldn't that shouldn't be celebrated? That's really a, what it is. And so for me, I was like, ah, oh, this is trash. I can re- I remember Method Man ma- uh, mentioning Love Jones in one of his songs. You gotta love Jones, but your body and your skin tone, something like yes. that. I forgot what I forgot which uh, song it was, but I, for, I love Method Man. I remember almost all yeah. of his stuff. But yeah, yeah, I've heard it so many times, and that was the way that I knew it. But now I feel like I have to see this movie now, even though you're saying it's trash. I, I feel like I have to. I, see I, I want to get your opinion on it. So watch it. It's on Netflix. We'll watch it. Watch it, and let me know what you think. I'm going to watch it before even next show so I can tell you what's up. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do it on there. All right, Nikki, what do you got? Uh, so my unpopular opinion this week is that I think we should get rid of, hi, how are you? Good. I'm fine. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just redundant. It does not move the conversation forward. I really don't care. Unless you're my friends or family. I really don't care how your day is. You don't, and this is the thing, you don't care how my day is either. So what if I was just like, shitty, thanks. How about yours? I'm having the worst day of my life. What are you going to do and say to me? You're just going to be like, oh shit, somebody actually like, hold on. I was just expecting you to say fine. I wasn't expecting a real answer. And I hate, I hate it at work, like for business, like this and it's fine. And the weather's great. Like just what, can we just get down to business, please? Like, this is why I'm calling you. Can we just make this a standard? Hey, it's Nikki from so-and-so just calling about whatever. Can you send me this? Thank you. Have a great day. Have a great day. It's fine. Mm -hmm. All right. Whatever. But the hot and hi, how you doing can get very awkward because you're so used to saying it. And sometimes the other person doesn't say it back and you're like, fine, how are you? And then they feel like they have to say it back. I just let's just eliminate it. Let's just call each other, say what we need to say, and keep it pushing. I think that's oh, freaking great. Have you seen? Are you a George Carlin fan? Have you seen George Car- George Carlin do a stand up at all? Not the whole thing. Okay, because mm-hmm. that right there is George Carlin to a freaking T. You just nailed it. Like he does this <laughs> does this bit about. Don't ask me if I'm fine. Hair is fine. Hair is fine. I'm not doing fine. And then he says, I go to the cash register and the, and the you know, and the clerk says, have a nice day. And he goes, well, what if I don't want to have a nice day? What if I want to have a crappy day? What if I've had 161 great days in a row and damn it, I'm ready for a crappy day? That's what he says. And you just nailed it. And then he goes like this. He goes, I don't like the word nice. It's such a weak word he says the word nice like nice isn't he nice 
Oh, she is so nice. And these too. Isn't that nice? How nice they are. That's like this whole bit right there. And he kills it, man. You got to watch George Carlin do that bit. Because, Nikki, I you should. basically replicated it. It was freaking I, awesome. I didn't even know he did that. But, yeah, you got to think. Like, then you go out and the cashier's like, hi, how are you? Like, it's just en- enough. I am putting it out there. I really don't care how you are. You don't care how I am. That's it. Like, let's just be real about it. That's really it. The pleasantries, the small talk. And speaking of nice, you guys know. I'll share another little tidbit with you. I have never... Um, when people like describe, you know, how you're like describing someone or a friend or something to somebody else. Yeah. Uh, nobody has ever used the word nice. There's lots <laughs> of other adjectives that come before nice on the list to describe Nikki. So, yeah, I know I'll be with George Carlin. Nice is, yeah. Yeah, I don't like that word. Like when somebody says, yeah, you know, he's a nice guy. Like that's all you got. Like he's a nice, yeah. great. I'm not going to hang out with him. Then, you know, he's not going to bring anything to the freaking table. Look it yeah, up. Nice. Over here. Okay, so what? Nice, but I'm English. You know, we have those pleasantries and talk about the weather. Yeah. The foggy old London, England weather. Oh, it's right. rainy today. <laughs> yeah, today, nah, forecast likely to freaking rain again. <laughs> yeah, and nah, I definitely hear what you're saying, Nikki. I had to listen to a conversation about the weather at work today because oh. Arizona is getting to that point now. We're in June. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we, so everybody, oh my God, can you believe how hot it is? Well, yeah, it's, it gets it's hot every year. So yes, I can, I can believe how hot it is. Yes, I know it's hot. We all know it's hot. That's why I'm going to rush to get inside into the AC. <laughs> exactly. But see, it's like, do, do you need to have that useless conversation? You could have just gotten to the air-conditioned office a lot faster. Yeah, you know what I mean, like you don't need to have these conversations. Let's just yeah. all agree to just like if we're dealing with it, let's just deal with our just business. Wave. Yeah, just we're wave. Don't say like, anything at all. We don't need to talk about the weather. We can yeah, just nod right. and that's it. Yeah, no, I yeah. agree with you. Like only, only ask people how they are if you really care how they're doing. So yeah. your friends, your family. Hey, how are you? Yeah, yeah, that whole well weather thing is just a whole bunch of filibuster crap. That's all it is. Yeah. Like, oh, isn't it a nice day outside? You know, yeah, yeah I, I noticed it to him standing here right <laughs> with you. It's really nice out. Okay, do you want to go swimming? You know, would you <laughs> like yeah, I live in Florida, Florida. every day is nice, <laughs> <laughs> it really is. I mean, it, it really, really is. It will rain for five minutes somewhere in Florida, but that's about it. We're pretty much good to go. Yeah. So um, my wife is going to love this part of the show. She has been talking about getting rid of small talk forever. Yeah. She, <laughs> <I love laughs> she, she absolutely hates small talk. So like she hates it with a passion. She's like, don't text me. Hey, or how are you? Text me what you need. I know the next sentence is going to be. I need you to do this. Yeah. I want this. Go ahead and get to that. Yeah. Or at least, hey, how are you? Blah, blah, blah. I need this and this and this. Because you're, you're wasting time. Because now I got to wait for you to text back. Oh, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Watch the bubbles go. Just for you to say, fine. How are you? No, just, I know you need a favor. So just lay it on yeah. me and let's go. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, she will love this part of the show. Oh, yeah. oh, that sounds good. I love it. I love that. Yeah, shout out to Peter with all the comments, man. Keeping the show alive. Also great. Absolutely awesome. Oh, man. Having fun. We got one more really awesome segment for you guys. We're bringing it back. It's been a long time since we did this or that, this or that, and what's more likely to happen. So we will have two statements. One, 
which is more likely to happen. We're going to figure it out from there. So I got a few. You guys got a few of your own? Yes, sir. One. Yep. One is good enough. One is good enough. I'll fill in a couple for you. Uh, let me start one off with this. And this is actually very legit. So I didn't go crazy over here. What's more likely to happen? The Detroit Lions just make the playoffs or LeBron James retires. Damien, you want to go first on that one? Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh-huh. So what's more likely to happen first? Yep. Either LeBron James retires or the Lions just make it to the playoffs. And now with that extra uh, playoff team, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I think LeBron might play for another four, five years. He'd like right? to play with his kids. We know that, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's the that's the thing. Now, we don't know if the kids going to even make the pros yet. But <laughs> we'll see. Um, but I think he could play another four years, especially if he's willing to take a back seat to Anthony Davis or whoever he plays with. Yeah. I'm gonna say the Detroit Lions make the playoffs. Don't win the playoff game. Right, but right. They make, <laughs> but they make the playoffs. Okay, okay, I dig it. All right, Nikki, what do you think? LeBron retires first, or the Detroit Lions actually make the playoffs? Um, I think. Well, they have Jared Goff now, right? Not a really big yep. fan of him. I don't put a lot of stock in him. I think LeBron's going to retire first. I, I actually agree with her. I think LeBron's going to retire first. I think <laughs> the Lions are the worst organization in the world. They bite kneecaps like you, like we talk about. I mean, they, they're the worst organization in football. They can't do anything when they get good players. They can't figure it out. I can't see them getting there. Uh, even if Aaron Rodgers leaves, Minnesota and Chicago will still be the cream of the crop of that division over the Lions. No problem. So, yeah, I'm, I'm on Nikki's side with that one. All right, Nikki, you want to do yours? Sure, I'll do my one. Okay, guys, what is more likely that I watch all eight movies <laughs> that you gave me by the end of the year or the Jets make the playoffs this year? Wow. Oh, whoa. can I can I go with a double neither? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I'm gonna go. Yeah, it's more likely that you watch those movies than the Jets make the playoffs. Okay. I, I didn't know. I think it's more likely that the Jets make the there is no way they sit through. Not half of these movies that we've asked her to do. It's it's June. She's got too much stuff to do during the week. She's going to enjoy her summer weekends. Before she knows it, it's going to be freezing. And then maybe she'll be able to plop one or two of those movies in there. So, uh, no, definitely not. Not a shot. She definitely has to get them in before the off se- before the season starts because Sunday she's definitely not going to watch them then. So that, That's exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, exactly. Yeah, your time is like eight weeks. Yeah, yeah, you you got you got to do something. You got to get me like, like John Wick Part One, Two, and Three, Kill Bill Part One and Two, Rocky yep. One through Six. I mean, well, they gave me a lot. Bad there's Boys One through Four. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's there's some good Saturdays coming up. You and the husband sit down on the couch. Yeah, make make a seat in the couch. Make it to where you have your spot where they could tell us you that sat there all day. Sit, yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> sit there and watch these movies <laughs> so we could talk about them. Just like my man's gonna watch Love Jones. That's right. <laughs> I am gonna watch that. I am gonna watch that. You know, I don't know if you've seen the Fast and Furious movies, but you can watch all eight of those. And the ninth one is coming out now. So oh, talking about a freaking weekend. I watched. Uh, I think the first one was it. 
Yeah, I actually went to the movie theaters with my friends. We snuck in and drank. Ooh. So I don't actually that's, how, that's how long the Fast and Furious series has been out. Like yes. when we, the first one, <laughs> yeah. we were trying to sneak into the movies and drink and do all those things. Now, <laughs> like with this one now that's coming out, if we go, we're doing on legit status. Like that's how yeah. long <laughs> this has been out. Fast nine. They're bringing John Cena into this one. That's really interesting. Unbelievable. Yeah. All right, Damien, let's get one of yours. More likely to happen. So more likely to happen. Will a wide receiver catch 2,000 yards passing or or Will Nikki watch The Office? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh man! If she if she doesn't have the tolerance to get through Shawshank Redemption, there's no way she's going to watch The Office. I'm going wide receiver, two thousand yards. I'm sorry, Nikki. I love the <laughs> reality. No, I agree with you. Uh, well, not if you guys gave me all these movies to watch. I do watch TV though, so I would say there's a better chance. I binge the office, then watch the movies. Okay. That was this yeah. or that. But yeah, I'd probably go with the wide receiver because I can't watch all these parts of movies in the office and catch up on my housewives. And oh my God, it's too much. You said that that is true. I saw your tweets yesterday also about it. I was going to reply, but then I realized I don't know what the frick I'm talking about. So I can <laughs> I get it on the below deck, Jay, Monday night. That's where you got to get it. Below deck. That's what it was. It's right. That's exactly what I saw you tweeting below deck. <laughs> All right, I'll try. I don't know what it is I watch on Monday night. It's always sports, so I'll try something else. All right, here's one that's kind of weird and interesting. A team will go 17-0 and or a team will go 0-17. Nikki? 0-17. I agree. What do you I think? think that's a little more likely. Yeah, we got, some, we got some really bad teams this year <laughs> going in, so I can see one going 0-17. Yeah, I could see 0-17 more than 17. and know that's going to be really, really tough the next game. And, you know, teams are more likely resting at the end of the year anyway. So, so yeah. Can... Shout out to the Texans. I can see the Texans going 0-17. Oh, man. Woo! <laughs> oh, boy. Don't tell that to Tyrod Taylor. He's he's there for he's there for business now. Deshaun Watson. That's the happen. thing. I want I want Tyrod to do well. I think Tyrod has been done dirty in the NFL and a lot of different places, but that's a tough roster to win with right there. Hey, he oh, took man. the Buffalo Bills to the to the playoffs before our, uh, Josh yeah. Allen got yeah. there. You know, I mean, they weren't the team they are now, but they didn't have the players that they had there. Yeah. I'm a big Tyrod Taylor fan. He's been getting screwed over way yeah. too much. We we all know about that. All right, uh, D. Did you have another one? No, no. I'll let you have all the last right. one. I got one more. All right. Aaron Rodgers wins the Super Bowl or Tom Brady retires? Which would happen first? Oh, that's tough. Figure you got Aaron Rodgers maybe four or five more years if he doesn't call it quits this year and take the Jeopardy job. Brady, I mean, that guy could still play another two, three years possibly. And when is he on that team? I I don't know. That's a tough one. So but Aaron Rodgers wins a Super Bowl somewhere, wherever. I'll, I'll hold on a second, just for a second. Pete, you wrote 49 is 0-17. I'm coming to find you. 
overseas. <laughs> oh. We have a big problem now. We're gonna... oh. You had to jump back in for that one more 0 17 over there, damn it. You better hop a flight to where did he say he was? London? Wherever <laughs> he is, I'm on the next flight out. <laughs> but uh, um, Aaron Rodgers winning the Super Bowl, whether it's in Green Bay or I'm not sure where else, or Tom Brady retiring in the next two years. I don't know what would happen first. I, you know what? I would probably say Tom Brady retires. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to win another Super Bowl because I really still believe that the best chance for him to win one is in Green Bay. And yeah. I don't know if he's going to go there, if he's going to stay. So that's why I think that, D. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, if he gets traded, I'm going to bring out the, the famous line, yes. the grass is greener on the other side because it's been fertilized with bullshit. That's right. <laughs> I love that. That's right. So many times since you said that, you have no idea. Yeah. as my own so if you know he goes that you know that green side and there's nothing but poop over there he's gonna it's not he's not going super bowl with it so i i have to go with tom brady retiring even as great as he is now you figure two years three years max max right yeah <laughs> i mean for real i mean if he's playing with gray hair nikki then we know it's really time to call it quits unless he's dying the damn thing you know he's dying his hair. Of course he is. Of course he is. He's dying with avocado sauce, some crap like that. <laughs> it's an all-natural dye. Yeah. It stays in for two years. Right. <laughs> exactly. Made of soybeans. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I've had a great time again, guys. Time flies by. I can't even believe we've been doing this for a few hours already. It's yeah. been great. But, yeah, we do have to bring the show to a conclusion. But it was a lot of fun. Even starting with Julio Jones and – even talking about Aaron Rodgers at the end over here, really funny how things come full circle. But uh, Nikki, reality show monster that you are, we see that you are at Nikki Nick nine three eight four. But give him another reason to tell you all about that reality show action and why to follow you. Yeah, follow me just because I am entertaining. Uh, yes, <laughs> True. No, but if you like uh, a little sports, a little reality TV, if you're a Below Deck fan, follow me on Twitter at Nikki Nick nine three eight four. Damn right. Excellent follow. And my man, Damien, I love when you put out those shorts that we get on the YouTube clips real quick and everything like that. But your show is also fantastic, man. Give everybody the good news. Yes. Yeah, so you can follow me on all social media platforms at The Real Deal, W-D-A. Um, I'm mostly sports, like 95% of the time. Uh, but you're going to get a lot of basketball takes, boxing takes. Of course, football takes once football season starts. It'll get me going through my own therapy sessions during the Saints games. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Uh, and my show is called The Real Deal with Damian Adams, right? So go ahead and subscribe to The Real Deal with Damian Adams wherever you listen to podcasts. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Podcasts. Wherever you listen to podcasts, go ahead and search The Real Deal with Damian Adams. You give me guests from time to time i've had jason on i've had nikki on you always get great guests who know their stuff and we get into the nooks and crannies of football basketball and boxing so again that's the real deal wda on all social media platforms and the real deal with damian adams put the full thing like a pimp named Slickback. the real deal with damian <laughs> adams on all social media platform on all podcast platforms excuse me <laughs> love it Love it, love it. And yeah, let me echo that with again, yeah, third and three podcasts. You can subscribe now. We got thanks to Damien setting up uh, the Facebook page now, brand new. And people are already coming in a billion likes already and subscribers, even on the YouTube channel. So 
We're loving it, guys. Really appreciate that. And, you know, we send the love back out to you always, uh, you know, conversing on Twitter or whatever it is. And it, it, it's been awesome. So, yeah, definitely check out our Facebook page now that we just put up today. Um, hey, look, big things on the horizon for us, for everybody. We love having you. We love having you listen to the show. I'm at Sports Profit number one. Again, number one, you guys can see it right there on the TV, Jason Fearman. Uh, I'll do the Power 32 podcast once in a while every week. You know, big stories break. I'll get in there and do my thing. But right here is the bread and butter. This is where I love it, third and three. So make sure you subscribe. Go to YouTube. Go everywhere. You can find it, like Damien said, on all the podcasts out there. So, again, this has been a fun show. Time flies by. I can't even believe it's dark outside. I still feel like it's a brand new day and everything is great. And it has. It's been a wonderful show, guys. And I can't wait for next week already. And thank you, Peter, for interacting. He's on Twitter now. Uh, Yep. Telling us we did a great job. We appreciate you. So thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah, we really appreciate that, Peter. Definitely having that having that interaction. It's always fun with with uh, with people out there making the comments. So until next time, guys. Like Porky Pig says, bleep, bleep, bleep. We out, folks. Peace. Bye. Peace. Until next time.